Welcome to the Kent Lab Podcast, featuring long-form conversations offering wisdom, hope, and community. Now here's your host, Kent Lapp. Hello, friends. This is Kent Lapp, and welcome to this episode of the Kent Lapp Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with Chance Scoggins, and I'll read Chance's bio direct from his website here, as I think that'll be the best way to go about this. As a keynote speaker and clinician, Chance equips big dreamers to become high achievers, instilling in his audiences the truth that more isn't just possible, it's at our fingertips, waiting to be claimed. Beyond simply sharing inspiration and motivation, Chance is a catalyst, helping his audiences identify serious goals and practical strategies that get immediate results and foster the breakthrough they long for. Leading with humor, heart, and masterful storytelling, Chance's fresh and authentic approach connects deeply in corporate and community settings alike, inspiring anyone with an earshot to reach beyond what is to take hold of what could be. Individuals gain a massive sense of purpose and clarity for the road ahead. Corporations gain inspired employees, fully committed to excellence, and the success of their team. Through writing, speaking, and coaching, Chance has challenged and equipped over a million people to step beyond the boundaries of their comfort zone. Heart-led and results-driven, his words abound with practical wisdom and effective action steps that obliterate obstacles and accelerate success. And I would testify to that. Um, Let me give you just a couple of my favorite quotes from our well, my conversation with Chance is that'll probably be the best way to give you kind of a, a feel for the type of conversation you had. Here's a quote. You will do whatever you think you are. Another. If you're trying to be both, you're neither. You're not choosing for life. You're just choosing for now. And lastly, being is greater than doing. Uh, Chance also spontaneously runs me through a mind visualization practice live on the podcast. And while I wasn't prepared for it, it was helpful. And I hope you find it helpful as well. Be sure to check out Chance's website at chancescoggins.com. You may also want to check out the Can't Let podcast on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that is uh, very much... Um, active. We post full-length video episodes there, of course, and then we also pull out clips and other clips and things you can't get on Apple Podcasts on YouTube as well. So if you're looking for some wholesome or some uh, decent entertainment maybe as a Alternative to TV, check out YouTube, our YouTube channel. Just simply search the Can't Let Podcast on YouTube. Also, it would be our privilege to connect on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can find me there simply at Kent Lap. And if this is your first time on the podcast, thank you very much for joining us. Privilege to have you. And as always, if you enjoy the conversation or you find it helpful and you know of maybe a family member or friend who may enjoy it or find it helpful as well, would you just go ahead and share it with them? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word here. And I really appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. So without any further ado, I give you my conversation. Without any further ado, I give you my conversation with Chance Scoggins. Please enjoy. Chance Scoggins. How are you, man? What's up, Kent? How are you? It's been way too long. I... I'm so glad to be here. I love your show. Thank you. And it makes me happy that we get to have this conversation. Oh, it makes me thrilled. I mean, it's we haven't seen each other in, yeah. gosh, a couple of years probably. I yeah, think it was Seth Mosley that had that's was right. the connection, right? That's right. And uh, I remember like you meet a lot of people here and there, but like 
I was like, that dude, that is a quality guy. Oh, wow. And I, rem- I remember we went, uh, we had lunch once. Yeah, we did. And yeah. I, it was awesome. It was yeah. Great conversation. I think it lasted like two and a half hours. Yes. It was way too long for strangers. Right. You know? And then I haven't seen you since. I know. I know. So yeah, this is, I'm really looking forward to yeah, this. Yeah, me too, man. Um, yeah. I mean, how, how have you been? What have you gotten into uh, have, recently? I know back in uh, when we met, I mean, you were into, you were into multiple things. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go too deep on that because I kind of want to backtrack and go sure. back to your story. But uh, yeah. yeah, how have you been in the last couple of years? I've been great. Thanks for asking. Um, it's been a wild ride, very much like you. Mm. Um, you, you have the skill set and it pulls you over here and it pulls you over here. So yeah. when we first met, I was very much in music. Yeah. I have a long history in entertainment and mm-hmm. music production and some other creative things in that regard. But it moved me uh, previous to even us meeting, but it's been a 10 year kind of journey from music over into coaching and to helping writing, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're a singer. You've sang for the Pope. You <laughs> yeah. have a Grammy. Yes. Your sister Paige, yeah. singer. Yeah, Jennifer Page. Jennifer yeah. Page, mm-hmm. singer. Just yeah. the two of you, right? Two yeah, of your just siblings. the two of us. Yep. Tragically lost your parents 2008, oh, 18 days apart, right? Or 14. 14, yeah. 14 days 14 apart. Days. 2008, correct? Yeah, Ish. True. Yes. Unrelated, unrelated. Unrelated deaths. Dude, Tr- I'm surprised you know that. But yeah, it was uh, tragic and... Uh, defining in so many regards. My wife was pregnant with our first child and uh, we had Christmas and everything was great. And a month later, they were both gone. You know, it was a very, very difficult year for us. And uh, gosh, it made it, it brought a level of compassion and empathy that I don't think I could have gotten another way. Hardest time of our life. And also the greatest time of our life because we had our first kid, you know? Wow. So oh, uh, how yeah. soon after... Their death was your uh, child born? Uh, like four or five months. Okay. Which was such an insult to, to me at the time, you know, grappling with God over the grief of that. It's just like, right. gosh, if it could have just been four months later, if you were going to yeah. do this, if this was going to happen, couldn't this have happened later? Wouldn't yeah. that have been okay? Yeah. But, you know, hindsight, you look back and you go, you know what? St- our steps are ordered. Right. It's, I, you understand with time, why it needed to be the way it was, but yeah. it was, didn't make it easy. It was very hard. How does something like that shape you? How, or how, I guess it could have different effects on different people. So mm-hmm. how did it shape you? That's a great question. You know, um, like everybody would say, uh, you feel uncovered. You know, when your parents get removed, you're now mm-hmm. in the world and you're alone in the world. I haven't heard that before. Oh, really? No. Well, it's, it was the most... The most instant change is you're alone. Like that person who thought that you were the greatest thing that's ever been and that person who had your back, like if, if the whole world turns against you, you can still go home, you know, right. then you're missing that place now. You yeah. don't have that place. And so it's awful mm-hmm. because you're an orphan, you know, whether you're 13 or 30 or 57, you know, yeah. you're alone in the world. And that's a terrible thing. Granted, we're all, a lot of us are in that situation, so you're, it's common to mm-hmm. a lot of us, but it's it's horrible. Yeah. But the thing that I found that's awesome is that grief of any kind comes with a gift. Mm. There is a gift if you will look for it 
And that's really what happened. My parents passed. My dad, who was brilliant, uh, people would come to me and ask for my advice. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? You should go talk to my dad about so-and-so, really? blah, 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 business or life stuff. Mm-hmm. He's just so wise. And mm-hmm. he just always knew how to fix things. Well, then, you know, he's gone. And all of a sudden, people are coming to me. And I, I, w- I found myself saying, you know, my dad would say so-and-so. Okay. My dad would blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, no. That's just me. Mm. Like, that's just me. Yeah. So I feel like there was this thing that it, he cleared a path for me and, and, and that terrible situation cleared a path for me to grow into who I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have done that if I had him to rely on. So I really mm. want to say for anybody out there who is going through it, man, my heart is so with that. It's a terrible yeah. thing. Just, but look for the gift because it is there. There is a gift. I just can't imagine losing both parents. I lost my dad when I was 10. And I remember, I remember, uh, occasionally still crying myself to sleep when I was 15. Mm, You know, I mean, and that, that pain of Mm -hmm. losing a loved one, it's so sharp Mm -hmm. and it's sharp for a long, long time. And it's still occasionally sharp. Yeah. It should Um, be too. Yeah. And it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, there was, um, just a wonderful lady, older lady from church that, um, uh, one of my favorites, you know, favorite people in church, honestly, from years ago. And, uh, yeah, she mentioned, you know, time will heal and things. And I remember when she was saying that I actually didn't really like it because Mm -hmm. I didn't want time to heal. Right. I didn't want to lose any of the memory. I didn't want to lose any of, of dad. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so, I mean, she was right, you know, time did heal, but, um, but, uh, I still feel like obviously we haven't moved on and I don't want to move on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's always, he's always going to be my father. He's not living anymore, but there's mm-hmm. still that, there's always that connection, but Absolutely. I can't imagine losing both parents in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it was unrelated, correct? I mean, what, yeah, it was unrelated. What, what, yeah. I, um, my mom had been ill, uh, but not to the point of death. You know, mm-hmm. we were still surprised by that. I do remember at Christmas wondering how many, Christmases we had left, mm. but I didn't think it was zero, you know? Right. So, um, and then my dad uh, passed, I really feel like just from grief. Like, I feel like, wow. I feel like his body just gave out. Um, and that was so hard. Yeah. He did tell me when he was in the hospital and we thought he would totally pull through, it would be fine. He was like, you know, if Will has anything to do with this, I, I'm here. Like, okay. And I believed him. Yeah. I, I totally believed like him. Like resolve, like, yeah, like he was just like, the will to live. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm here because, okay. you know, this kid is coming yeah, and your mom I had see. plans for this kid and I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, a week later he was gone. So, wow. So uh, it just, you know, it all, it all has order and form and it makes sense. Yeah. But at the time it was so hard. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you uh, talking about your friend at church, uh, not to name drop, but I'm about to drop a name. Yeah. Um, I travel with Beth Moore for 10 years as a part oh, of her I worship team. I didn't know that. Yeah. and You sang. Th- yes, you were- I was a part of her worship oh, team wow. for 10 years. And uh, during that time, you know, she she was so good because she was so broken hearted for us. And mm. she said the best thing I've ever heard around this. And she said, Chance... Um, I'm paraphrasing. She, I'm sure she said it better than I will say this, but, <laughs> but she said, Chance, uh, you remember this. It's going to take a while and don't hurry it up. She yeah. said, you, um, we grieve to the same degree that we loved. 
man. And she's like, if it, uh-huh. if it hurts, please let it hurt. If it hurts for a year, please let it hurt for a year because we grieve to the same degree that we loved. And that really has given me permission. Now, here we are, you know, 11, 12 years later, and I hurt. Yes. You know, we're stumbling through it. You know, we limp through mm-hmm. it. And we're supposed to. Yes. You know, and it's okay. Yeah. And and that really was one thing that really helped me come to that resolve. It's very helpful. I've not heard that either. I'm learning all kinds of new yeah. things already. We've well, barely gotten started. If I just <laughs> keep I'll just keep quoting other people. Yeah, yeah right. Um but uh you mentioned that there was a gift that came with it too. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what was the gift for you, maybe? Mm. Well, for me, uh, it was that realization that I mean, I'm gonna be frank here. I didn't understand my own power. I didn't under, understand my own wisdom. Mm. You know, I thought of myself as a singer, you know, a musician. And that was a very limiting label. Even in, in this city, we're here in Nashville, you know, it was something that everybody aspired to. And I was at the top of my game, you know, one of the top session singers in town, you know, a very solid working producer. Um, my name was out there. I was winning awards. Um, but it was small, smaller mm. than me. And mm. I didn't know that until my parents were gone. And then I started like, you know, fulfilling, filling that space in my own life that they had filled and then filling that light, filling that space in other people's lives. And then just also other things were going on that kind of pulled me over, you know, artists were coming to me in tears and our sessions, you know, just about things that were unrelated to the work we were doing. And I was able to help, you know? Yes. And so the gift was um, clarity. Interesting. You know, clarity, expansion. Wow. And I, I think grief or not, that's, that's available to any of us at any point. But that was the catalyst for me um, just to realize that there's more to me than that label that I'd been wearing. And that really is so much of the work that I'm doing now, you know, music aside, um, grief aside, any, anything like that. It's just, we are limiting ourselves by these labels that we're wearing and we don't even know it. So my whole, my whole passion for the last 10 years, very much born of this, you know, born of this realization of my own self is just that we're all walking around playing it small. We're meant to be bigger than we are and we are inclined to play it safe um, and to protect and to uh, be secure. We crave security so much, but that security that we crave is actually just, it's, it's shackles, hmm. shackles. Hmm. You're cl- it sounds like you were close with both your mom and your dad. Had Very a great, much. great relationship with both. Very much. What were some of the, like, <clears throat> maybe some of the bigger things that they taught you or that you learned from them? If, mm. if there were, you know, if there was just one or two. Oh my gosh, Kent. <laughs> that's a, a uh, big question, obviously. That's but. so good. It's so good. Well, um, so my father, gosh, there was so much, man. Uh, my dad was a risk taker. Okay. I'm Chance. Like he named me Chance. And he Is that is that why? He named me Chance like you know as a kid I was made fun of with my name, you know, it was a 
it was totally like something to get, uh, you know, swirlied over. Oh, no. Just because it was, you know, very different, especially at that point. At this point, you'll yeah. hear some kids named Chance or whatever. Yeah. But, but it's at that point, you know, it was a very uncommon name. And so people thought it was peculiar, and I was probably peculiar on top of that. So it just, uh, you know, it was just another thing to, to mock me over. And I was embarrassed because, you know, I, I was different, you know, mm. and you just don't want to be other, mm-hmm. you know, at that age. So um, it was really cool. I remember one day my dad said, hey, when I, when I was mad at him for, for my name and we were talking about that, <laughs> <laughs> so dumb, but he said, hey, let me tell you why I named you Chance. He said, I wanted you to be reminded every single time that someone ever calls your name and addresses you that you never get ahead in anything that matters in life if you're not willing to take a risk. Not love, not money, not faith, nothing. It all requires risk, and you won't succeed and you won't progress unless you're willing to risk. And if you are willing to risk, then you will. So it was just like immediately took my name like I love my name I think everybody oh, should yeah. be named Chance like, right everyone should be named Chance yeah. so that we're reminded because like, I'm reminded every day you know to go out there and risk 100% and, I mean I'm going to think about that you know when your name pops up yeah you know what I mean it's not yeah. even my name yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. And my mom, uh, you know, there was a time that uh, an adult, I'd auditioned for something and someone just, I was good. I did mm-hmm. a really good job, but I was still was passed over mm. and just, it was the politics or whatever. Who knows? You know, I don't know what it was, uh, but I had done a good job. And at that point I thought, oh, you do a good job. Then you move forward, right? You mm. get it. If you did mm-hmm. a great job, if you were the best one there, then you get the job, Right. But I didn't. And it was like, like, yeah. what? Yeah. Life is unfair. What? <laughs> yeah. you know, um, so, so someone in that context said something like, who do you think you are to me? Like, who, you know, I guess I said something. I don't recall what I said. But they're like, who do you think you are in a negative way? And, uh, and then my mom you know, taking me back to the car, we're walking back and she goes, you know, it's a good question. Who do you think you are? She's like, that's the most important question you're ever going to ask yourself. Who do you think you are? Because you will do whatever you think you are and you'll be, that's as much as you'll do. And that's as little as you'll do, you know, or you'll do more based on who you think you are, not who she thinks you are. So she's like, you can let that stop you. She didn't see you. She didn't get you. Is is that is that okay? Are you done? Yeah. yeah who well, do you think you are? How old were you at Dude, that point? I was in fifth grade. So Lincoln, you're about to be in fifth grade, right? Or are you in fifth grade? About to be. So you're yeah. 10. So you yeah. were probably 10 or 11? Yeah. Oh, my, my kid's goodness. age. I need wow. to go home and say, who do you think you are? Right. Yeah, I'm thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Well, your so, parents sound like they were they exceptional were parents. They were exceptional and uh, and uh, just uh, messy. It mm. wasn't like, you know, it wasn't all uh, perfect. Like, they were both just messy. And they came from very messy backgrounds. And But they were super cool. Like, mm. you know, just not... I've never known anybody like him and no one, everyone who knows them says the same thing. Wow. What were their first names? Norma. Okay. (laughs) So just go there. Yeah. Norma and Butch. Norma and Butch. Butch and Norma. And so my dad was an orphan at 14. He was on the streets. Yeah. He was on the streets at 14 and my mom was, uh, you know, grew up in the South and 
uh, just very Southern churchy mm-hmm. background. And they both, you know, had to find their own way and lost things along, you know, mm-hmm. with all that, but they built something together that was just my goodness. So yeah. Killer. Where, where did your dad grow up when he was 14 on the streets? Where was he? You know, I don't, you hear different versions of this story and I, you know, I don't want to say definitively cause I, I don't know, but, um, I know that he was the youngest, um, and there were seven kids and the other, the other kids were all in it, literally in an orphanage. He was in an orphanage, then came home with his uncle and aunt. They kept him for a time and then they died and there was nowhere to go. And I hear that he hitchhiked at that point from Georgia to LA where one of his brothers was. And, uh, so he hitchhiked alone to California and then, uh, his brother ditched him and he was, you know, on the streets by himself. His brother who he finally got to in LA ditched him. Yeah. Oh, wow. This man is accustomed to adversity. Yes. Strong. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. How did he and your mom meet then? (laughs) I think it was a blind date. Like, uh, yeah, they both had roommates. Well, yeah, I think his roommate was dating uh, my mom's sister. Okay. My mom hated my dad, hated him uh, when they first met, but he was so cocky. He had been through so much. Oh, he was yeah. like, I, I, listen, in the end, you're with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Totally. I wish I could have met Butch. He yeah, sounds yeah, great. He's so great. Um, then were they into music or is this okay? Yeah, so very right, much okay. Like growing up, we didn't go on vacations. Like we didn't, we didn't do any of the stuff that typical families did. But we went to every show. Like we went to every concert. So all those '80s acts that everybody loves, I saw them. I saw them twice. Like oh, wow. I, that's what we did as a family. And. By the time that uh, the reason Jennifer was so successful in her career, um, by the time that we were in sixth grade, we were singing out in clubs. My parents were taking us to clubs all over the Atlanta area, and we were uh, just following any band. Hey, do you, do you have an open mic, or will you open up your mic for these kids? And because we were because we were children, you know, okay. it was just novel. Yeah. So people would say, "Oh, let the kids sing," you know. But then we'd get up there, and you know, we'd rock. You could it. sing. Yeah, we could. We could do it. So, so we kind of got a following there. And by the time my sister was eighteen, she was on the road singing in a cover band. Went to L.A. Uh, Recorded a song a lot of people know called Crush. Mm. It went uh, number one in 14 countries. Worldwide smash. Whoa. And uh, yeah, so that that was right after she moved to LA. Okay. She got there and just boom. So 19 years old, she's traveling the world. And You said, you said and that was in the late 90s? Uh, yeah, late 90s, okay. early 2000s when that I happened. I see. Yeah. Wow. Now, were your parents singers also, or they just love music? They were terrible singers. Really? <laughs> yeah, not not really good. But they did love to sing, you know? Okay. Get, so it's, get, <laughs> get, them, a, get them a cocktail. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible for kids to be excellent singers and their parents not. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Well, there's totally. some hope for our kids then, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah, yes, my yes. wife and I are awful singers good, for sure. Okay. It's yeah, okay. terrible Make singers. a joyful noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you older than Jennifer? A year and four months, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. You guys are close in age, too. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, And she in town now? Yeah, she moved here, actually, you know, before 
few years before my parents passed and mm. that was just luck, mm. you know, well, if that exists, you know, mm-hmm. it was Providence and then she, she moved here and then, uh, yeah, we've been here together ever since. Uh, okay. That's nice. Um, do you ever see journey in person <laughs> <laughs> concert? <laughs> yes. I saw journey. Have you really? Yes. I saw rock set. I saw rock set. I saw rock set. Saw rock set live in person. My sister, like learn to sing by what's her name, you know, like she from Roxette. Yeah, she loved her. Oh, she man. loved her. So I've been much. listening to a lot of Roxette the last so couple good. weeks. Man. That was such I a don't... loss, wasn't that? Oh loss yeah, that she's yeah. gone. Oh yeah, wow, so That's killer, very man. Cool. Yeah, we saw everything. We went to the Victory Tour, the Michael Jackson, you know. Oh man, uh, with his brothers. That was a hot ticket, oh, wow. you know. Did that uh, Whitney Houston, her first, you know, big tour. Saw that Mariah Carey, uh, just all the stuff. My first, my first concert. I was in uh, fourth grade. Barry Manilow. Uh huh. Barry Manilow, <laughs> and then Air Supply right after that. Oh, so okay. We've been to all the good ones and the bad ones. You, oh, you said Air Supply right after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Back wow. to back, baby. Wow. What was it about? What were your parents trying to do with taking you to concerts? Was it just because they loved it? You guys were their kids. You were tagging along, having a great time as a family, or were they trying to like direct you in a certain way, or teach you a certain thing, or give you certain experiences? Man, I think that. I, I'm. I'd love to give them credit for something more than this, but I think they just loved it. That's I think cool. they just really loved it, and they wanted to expose us. I do know because they said this often. They never thought of us as children; like they thought of us as little adults. And so, okay. you know, you're not down there, and we're up here. Which at that time, any '80s babies out there know that like children were over there. They weren't, sure. it wasn't the family unit. It was yep. the parents and the kids, you mm-hmm. know? So they were very different in that regard, probably because they were both, you know, yeah. Th- their experience was such that like, Hey, let's go break some rules together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> yeah, I really do. Now I forgive me. Cause I don't know much about your music career. Yeah. Um, can we hear a little bit more about that? Sure. You, said you were a session sure. singer. Yeah. So I came here to Nashville very sure I was going to be an artist like very quick. And in fact, there was, there's some interest and I'd sing Christian music at that time. Mm. And, uh, and so I came here thinking, okay, a record deal is going to happen. I'm going to be, you know, some big deal pretty quickly. Very sure of that. Of course, n- life does not unfold the way that we plan it to be. Yeah. So I got here and won the opportunities that I thought were going to be there weren't there at, in that time, you know, mm-hmm. they came later, but, um, but it was by then I knew too much. So uh, in, the, in the waiting, I was at Belmont University. And I was just, you know, honing my craft and all that. I realized because I knew some artists and I hated their life. Like, Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not jealous for any of that. There's, there, it's hard. It's a very hard life to be an artist. Yes, you get the glory and you get some money and also you get all of the liability and all of the, you know, it's just like being the CEO of a company. And it's like, there's a lot of pressure there that there that a lot of people don't see. So um, I realized, like, I don't, I want to make music. I need to make music, but I don't need fame. And there are lots of ways to make money. So uh, I don't want that liability. I love this too much, you know. So mm-hmm. that wasn't my road. It just, mm. so people started singing me, uh, asking me to come sing their demos. Okay. And that just naturally moved me into uh, the session world, and I loved it. Okay. I loved, like, give me 16 tracks and just let me kind of build something around this other person's vocal. 
I I love that. Okay. That creativity. Nothing's there and I get to build something. Like mm. that was so killer, you know. So when you say people would hire you to sing their demo, that would mm-hmm. be like a songwriter mm-hmm. who is going to pay someone to have that maybe has a little better voice than they do to sing yeah. for a demo what they just wrote. Yeah. Is that what true. that is? Totally true. Okay. And then very often if you do that and you do a great job, then when the producer choo- the producer and the A&R people at the label choose the song, then uh then they may fall in love with whatever you created and they'll say, Hey, get that guy in here to actually sing on the record. Uh, okay. So then you're singing background for the artist. Oh, um, but you sing the song before the artist did. You know, that happened several times for me. Yeah, fascinating. That's a whole world I don't know a lot about. And then when you say they give you 16 tracks, you're a session artist. Yeah. Uh, what, what What's going on with this? Yeah, well, that's, that's funny. Um, so, uh, you know, when when someone sings, it goes on to one track. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, someone plays guitar, it's one track. Mm-hmm. But you layer things, and that's what makes something other than what you would hear from a live band. It's a difference in, you know, like, a live band and Coldplay. You know, it's all these layers of guitars and these mm-hmm. layers of vocals. And that's how you get this experience that feels so epic, is that they're bringing more than just what you would perform in one time, you know? So, Interesting. I'm yeah. embarrassed to say I did not know this. Yeah, well, you're so, not supposed to know. So, okay, so <clears throat> if you're a, a session, what's the term? Session studio, musician? Studio, studio singer. Studio singer? Yeah. When you Was your work then layering vocals or you were layering vocals and instruments and yeah. all of the above? So even if you can do lots of things in, in life, this is good for all things, not just music. You know, even if you can do many things, like to focus on one thing is a, a good thing. So... Um, so I, I came in as a singer and people liked me because I would come up with things that weren't supposed to be there. You know, typically you have the, the root, whatever the one is of a chord Mm -hmm. and you have the three and the five and that's what makes a chord. Um, but I would maybe put stuff that wasn't necessarily supposed to be there. It wasn't like triad-y and moving the direction that everybody thought that it was supposed to. So I would come up with ideas that were off the beaten path and mm. people like that. So mm. so then they would call me in to arrange for groups and uh, and then eventually that moved me into production. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, when you are, let's say someone gives you these 16 tracks and you're going to do your thing, You you are you mostly working with vocals at that point? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're, are you adding, in, were you adding instruments to that as well? No, no. I didn't but you, do that. But, but you were tweaking some of the instruments or the no. tweaking you're talking about had to do with vocals. I only did vocals. Okay. And so there would be somebody that was like me, but that they, they did that with guitars and somebody else I who see. did that with keyboards. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then you have a producer that's like the director of a film who's in charge of it all. Yes. And they're overseeing all this stuff and they're making the choices with the talent you know, for, mm. and then they put it all together and then you have a, a record. Mm. So Any, killer, man. Yeah, so I see. Cool. Interesting. That's fascinating. Any of those from some of that work in the past that were some of your favorites or songs that we might know? Oh, dude. <laughs> Honestly, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. <laughs> because uh, one, I wouldn't want to insult anybody by yeah. not including them. Yeah. And two, honestly, man, uh, I've grown, like I expanded beyond. Yeah. Beyond that music mm-hmm. and beyond that, even that theology. And mm. um, I, I, I'm kind of sad. 
I'm not down on CCM. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not down on country. Like, you know, there are plenty of people who are, and I'm not yeah. that guy. I'm I'm an optimist in all regards. Yes. But, yep. but um but I've grown beyond it, you know. Okay, so you were specifically working in this in the Christian music genre? And uh and soundtracks for movies and commercials and whatever, but gotcha. I was much more of a pop singer. Okay. So I didn't belong in country music. It just wasn't I my see. thing. Yep. And when you say you kind of have different thoughts now about the theology, is are you were you are you referring to the Christian music? Yes. Popular Christian music genre? Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um don't listen to a ton of Christian music. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm um, embarrassed to say that or not? I, I don't think. I don't think it's like. There's some is better than others. Hundred percent. Coldplay, though you mentioned yeah. layering with Coldplay. Dude. My wife loves Coldplay, yeah. and when you listen to a Coldplay song, most of the Coldplay songs in the evening, summer night, the sun's going down, and you're just in kind of a. And you listen to the, some Coldplay, you can really get like. It's pretty exceptional. Dude. It's, it's pretty exceptional. Awesome. And so is it just the way that they layer? Is that is that what it is? That well, there's can, significant talent there from from the beginning. Like you're just gonna hear one vocal or one guitar pass, like the tone that they get is so killer. But when you start layering great on great on great on great, mm. you know. It's just it feels That's what you get. so good. It it's so, so rich. It yeah. feels like it has such a depth to it. Yeah, like it can really, it can really like I don't know, kind of take it can almost like transform your mind to a different yeah. world or like level. That's interesting. If you if you think about it, remind me of just bring music back up mm-hmm. later in this conversation mm-hmm. because uh, when we get to talking about brain stuff and whatever mm. music is so I think it's another draw for me is that it opens up worlds it yes. really does open it's a portal to different levels of ourself like it really yeah. is creativity is you know yes and music is they say the universal language it's just it feels it makes you feel something yeah, if absolutely. it's done well or if it's done poorly you know yes agreed now are you still in music in any capacity now dude i uh i love music and yes like there are certain people if they call me i'm going to show up you know mm-hmm. and i i have within the last month you mm-hmm. know okay but but I don't, uh, I don't. I'm yep. so much more passionate at this point. Uh, like I used to, I grew up thinking like you can move people and you can move their hearts and you can move their spirits and you can help them through music. And now I recognize that, yes, absolutely. But I would rather than encourage them or teach them or whatever, I'd rather unlock them, mm. you know? So I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about what I'm doing now mm-hmm. that honestly, there was a time years ago when I was doing a lot of music and also coaching or also speaking and running back and forth was, you know, not the best. I feel so. like that's more of what you were doing the last time when we got to know each other. Yep. Does that sound about right? Agreed. You were more yeah. in music and doing coaching and things like totally that together. Totally doing both. And, okay. that, and you can't, like, I was double-minded. Mm. You know, my bandwidth was split, and it was a horrible place to be because, you know, you're not either. If you're trying to be both, you're yeah. not either. And yes. uh, and so, again, for anybody out there who who can do several things or who has several 
goals and several interests. Like, please just choose one at a time. You, life is life will bring all of it around. You can get yeah. get to it all, but don't be sad to let something go. You know, don't, I'm not sad at all that I'm I've moved beyond it. I'm so thankful for all of it, but but I've moved beyond it. And the thing is, and gosh, we're, we were just totally getting there yeah. um, without even talking about it, but like, we're not what we do. Yeah. You know, we're not like I was chance the thing, the gift that I carry, you know, I was chance as a singer. I was chance as a producer and I'm chance as a coach. And those may not be related you know, they may not be related. Businesses, you could be this and this business and this. These businesses could be unrelated. But when you bring your gift to that business, there is a continuity. And really, our story is not about, oh, he did this, he did this, he did this. No, he was this. Yes. That's the story. Yes. You know, so that's that's what I'm out to build. Yeah, I'd love to get into that. I think uh, two, two, two thoughts there. One, that's interesting that you mentioned that, look... We don't, you can do it all, I guess, in a sense, but you don't need to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. That is, that's instructive to me because I don't tend to think in those terms. Mm -hmm. I tend to think, um, I want to do this plus this, plus this, Mm -hmm. plus this. And I do have a hard time kind of letting some things go and just focusing. Is it exhausting? Yeah, it's very exhausting. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, the brain's not wired to do that. The brain's not wired for that. Mm -hmm. Multitasking, you know, people say, oh, we, we laud it how great it is, the brain is not wired for that. The brain, the brain is wired to rock a certain specific focus, you know, solve a specific problem. It's great at that. But if you introduce a question and a problem to solve, and then while you're solving that, you go, oh, and also how about this over here? Just sidebar, yeah. here's another question, here's another thing. Yeah. You know, then the brain freaks out, you know? Yes. And you just you're all over the place. And that's where overwhelm comes in, confusion, lack of focus, and shutdown. Like honestly, that's when we just want to stop it all. Mm. That's when people get into numbing. That's when people just check out because a confused mind says no. Hundred percent of the mm-hmm. time, it's just like a computer. It's a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. Your brain will say no. So it's yeah. so much better. Like honestly, friends. Oh gosh, I hope somebody out there is struggling with this, and we can help them today. If you go, I don't know if I should this or if I should this. Listen, you're not. You're not. You're not choosing for life. You're not saying no to anything. But it's just for right now. This is the more right thing. And I'm going to focus on that until that is the wrong thing to focus on. And then maybe I'll go and do this, you know? Yeah. That can be hard though. That Mm -hmm. can be hard because you feel like you're like having to reinvent yourself or you feel like you should be able to do it all. Or you feel like, you know, you should be able to keep this going and do this and do that. You know, that can be it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. The idea that you that you're going to be remembered for who you are or were, maybe as opposed to what you did. Is that how you phrase that? Dude, we are not what we do. We are who we are. We are know? not what we do. We are who we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's Dude, that's really I'm serious. Key. Even just we've talked about my mom and my dad. I didn't talk about the businesses he built. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. he was one of the top construction, you know, builders, commercial builders in Atlanta. We didn't talk about that. You know, doesn't matter. 
Yeah. You're moved by what he left. I'm so glad now that yeah. we talked about that. You know, yeah. the essence of who he is, is all that anybody cares about. Yeah. The world moves on in the doing. Yep. We're so focused because we think if we do this and this and this and this, then we matter a lot. Yes. Dude, it's wrong, huh. wrong, incorrect. Yeah. You know, if we can access that God-given divine gift that God placed in us as he formed us, and we can name it and we can know it, I am here to be this, this force, then we can be that over here and we can be that over here and all the businesses and all the journey, you know, or we can torture, I could torture myself and I did in that transition, letting go mm-hmm. of music. It was my identity, man. I like my whole life, you know, everything. And I was at the top of my game. So to let it go, to be at the bottom level of something, very, very difficult for my ego. Yes. You know, but then when you, when you realize, you know, when you come to the realization, it is not about the thing that I'm doing. It's about the person I'm being the gift I'm being, you know, that's my mission. You're not here to build these businesses. You know, you're here to impart things to these people, yeah. to lead them, yes. to inspire them, to instruct them. And you'll do that in the context of business. Yes. One at a time. Yeah, that really resonates, man. You wouldn't have known this, but um, I went back into the family company April of 19 because it was uh, having some very significant problems. Mm-hmm. And um, we wound up actually filing for bankruptcy in February and March of this year. So it was basically, it was, it was too little too late. Wasn't mm-hmm. able to, to save it. Mm-hmm. But um, there was, and this is a little personal, but the last yeah. September of 19, I went to the hospital thinking that I was not coming back. I actually thought wow. I was, it was, it was it. That was, it was going to end that night. Wow. And uh, what's kind of stood out to me um, when I really genuinely thought I was dying and I'm not uh, one for drama. So, you know, it mm-hmm. was not like, <laughs> this is not like, this has never happened before. We'll probably never, I don't know. Maybe never happened again but um but no i really i generally thought that was that was gonna be it and um um because i really thought i was having a heart attack but mm. uh what stood out to me was that um like you're gonna be remembered for what you love what you loved you know what i mean mm. like dad loved to sit outside on a Saturday and drink kombucha and read a book while we played. You know what I mean? Just weird little random things like that. Like he, dad loved to listen to the, you know, X type of music on the car or, you know, those types of things. Like he always had an espresso on the way to work or he loved to hug us or like those types of things. Like you're going to be remembered for what you loved. Yes. Um, not so much for, you know, what you did or your accomplishments. And then the other thing that really stood out to me is kind of, it was kind of weird that this is like so vivid and such a, for such a false alarm, but, um, was, uh, just the, um, the idea that life is basically the sum of little moments. Like there's no one big thing. There's not even a couple of big things that makes it like, it's just the sum of the little moments. And so that I kind of walked away from that with a new appreciation for, um, enjoying little moments because at the end of the day, that's actually what life is. It really is. Some of those little moments. Right. And so if we could all just get that and be okay with that, mm-hmm. man, if we could get that and be okay with that versus the resume, the resume is important. I mean, you and I both want a resume and I'm not dogging that at all. I mm-hmm. want to do big stuff, but within the context of knowing that none of that stuff really, really matters. Yeah. 
unless it's a catalyst for me to get to be something with, for those people or to release more of what I'm here to, to give on this earth. You know, if we could let go of the, if we could detach from the meaning that we attach to accomplishing, it means I matter. What if I just matter and then I also go and do these things? Yes. Versus I right. have to do these yes. things and therefore I matter. That's super key. Mm -hmm. It's super key. And it's not like, uh, potato, potato, you know what I mean? Six one way and half a dozen another. It's, it's very, very different. It is very different. Two sides of that coin have drastic, very drastic different outcomes. It seems so similar, but it's totally not. Yeah. And so what I find in my practice is that people don't know. They don't know who they're here to be. And without knowing that, they're filling up their space and their time with doing that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk more about that because you mentioned the identity thing earlier. And mm-hmm. one of the, I'd never experienced this either like I had until now, but in April, you know, the, the companies were shut down in uh, mid-February and March 2nd. And and then there was a couple weeks there. It was like, it was almost a relief because it had been so hard for a year and then we filed bankruptcy and there was almost, there was almost a sense of relief there. But then April was really weird because man, I went through a stretch there for a few weeks in April where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know. It felt like you were just free falling a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like who even am I? What Mm -hmm. am I to even be doing? Cause Mm -hmm. I'm used to having this kind of reputation or this is who I am. I'm I'm a business guy. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't feel a compelling desire to go start another business. Then who in the world am I right now? So that can be terrifying. What was what? Where did that lead you? To where I am now, which is I still don't know, <laughs> bro. I'm so glad we're talking. I'm so glad we're talking. Yeah, because when when you're successful at something, you know when you are known to be a successful businessman, I come in and I fix broken things, and I see something that wasn't there and I build it Mm -hmm. and then I make people rich Mm -hmm. and I get rich and you know, that's who I am and all the guys high five. Yeah. You know, good for you. Yep. I want to be that too, except (laughs) where is, where is it stated that that's what life is supposed to be? You know, I, I formed you in your mother's womb before the foundations of time, bro. Like we need to know, what, what, did, what did you form? What was that? What's different about me than Kent? What, what was your intention when you balled me up and you put me in my mom and I was born? What was your intention, God? You know, it wasn't to build a business. Mm-hmm. You know, even the person who's curing cancer, like, that that's not the thing. That's not really the thing. That's a thing they do, and it's a great thing that they do. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't God, God. God did not say, "Okay, and you're the person that cures cancer." Right? Like, you know, that's a doing. Yes. It's like you are here to release this in people. You're here to heal this in people. Yeah. You're here to fix this problem. You're here to give this gift. And if we can name that, if we can name that, then then we get all of our power, mm. all the power, mm-hmm. you know? But when we're fixated on ego-driven accomplishment, um, not that those things, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I like to 
accrue. I like to build. I like to go. I'm very goal-oriented. That's all good. Mm -hmm. But when we make that our focus versus coming from the place of being, you know, who am I here to be? When we, when we make it, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Then we're in a constant state of panic. When you think about if you were to come, and this is what everybody asked me, like if we were in a session, the first question somebody says is, hey, this is my situation. What do I do? And I'm like, dude, how am I supposed to know? The question itself is telling, isn't it? It is. What do I do? You know? And it's like, how, how, how are any of us supposed to know what you should do? It would require us being able to see the future. And none of us see the future. So we don't know what you're supposed to do. So all we can do, and everybody's asking this question, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? How the heck can anybody know in light of all the moving pieces of the history of the world and the future of the world and the fact that we're just here in this moment, what am I supposed to do? I could, there are so many ways to mess up. You know, it's an unanswerable question that we're all asking and torturing ourselves because we can't get the answer. Mm. Lack of clarity, confusion, overwhelm, shut down, shame, over, repeat, you know, it's everybody. It's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the worst thing going on right now because we're all living our lives without the knowledge of who we're here to be. Mm. When you can come back and say, home base for me, I've always been an encourager from day one. Looking back over my whole life, I've always seen something in somebody and said, dude, that that's separate. You're so separate mm-hmm. in that regard. That's incredible. You know, and they've feel seen, you know, mm-hmm. I've always been a strategist. I've always been able to say, okay, what's the fastest way, the smartest way to get from here to there? You know, what, what effort are we going to see the fastest return on? Mm-hmm. Not just in business. That was, you know, building a fort, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just all, just always true of me, you know, mm-hmm. always true of me that I was silly and funny and like trying to bring levity and just, you know, cornball, um, always true that I'd be vulnerable first, you know, mm. not scared of that, not scared of you to see what's ugly in me because I knew it would make you safe, you know? So that's, I do do those things now, but I look back and I've always been that mm. And I didn't accomplish that. That was placed in me, you know, and that's how I shift the world around me, mm-hmm. you know? And so if we look at the things and just go, okay, what are the skills? What are the character traits that separate me from everybody else? What's been true, you know, that my friend in third grade would say, and that my favorite teacher would say, and that my parents would say, you know, my best friend that's here still today, what, what would those people say of me? That's what's important. And leverage that. Name that. Yes. And then leverage the crap out of that. Okay. Build your life and your business around that. Yes. Okay. I want to come back to that. I don't want to move past the ego because I'm afraid I'm going to forget. Because you mentioned the ego there. Mm-hmm. How do we think about the ego? Because this is this is something I've thought about a lot in the last couple of months. Because I, I remember two years ago... Well, well, I battled with this a lot, but when I was in business, I battled between sort of a, just a, what would you even call it? Almost like a killer, a killer instinct, I guess, Sure, sure. which I felt like the, 
the root of that killer instinct was sin and selfishness, sort of. Like you had to make it, you had to, you had to look out for your own and things like that. And that to me felt very contradictory to the gospel. And so hmm. when I was in business, I I had that just that um it felt like a, it felt like polarized, like business and the gospel felt very polarized. Now it's different because I'm not in business right now, but now the you know, I I do still battle the ego. How much do you allow it to sort of look out for its own and create a path? And how much do you make it like sit on the sidelines and just allow what's going to happen to happen? Mm. I mean, how, how do you think about the ego? Mm. And even, I guess what would be lumped in that would be like even ambition and, mm. and goals and those types of things. Mm-hmm. That's a really great question because people define the ego differently, you know, but in the context that we're speaking, I think the ego is like that um, that part that finds my identity in what I'm doing. You know, so uh, if I accomplish and if I take care of my own, if I do this, then then there's worth there for me, you know, because you tied it to ambition. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a context, like that's a definition in this context. And man, it's funny. It's like chicken or the egg, you know? Ambition is good. It's good. But when you're driven towards the accomplishing without the root mm-hmm. of knowing, I am here to be this force, mm-hmm. how do you know when you're done? Yeah. Like, how, right. how do you build it big enough? How do, you, how do you know you're building the right thing? How do you know when it's time to move on? How do you know when it's time to stay? Yes. Like, and, and so we torture, again, we torture ourselves with our thoughts about what we're building or what we haven't built yet, how far behind we are. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing for guys. Every guy, I'll tell you this, most of my practice at this point is like high level, hugely high performing, super rich men. I've got a lot of those. I also have some women who are creatives and softer and, you know, whatever, and successful and all that. But, uh, but right now, the people that are coming to me, are they're badasses. Mm. Like, they're badasses. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, they built castles. And they don't know who they are. Mm. They don't know why they built it. They're scared to death that the castle's going to come crashing down. Who are they then? You know, they're worth... They don't matter if they're not achieving... And it's the saddest thing because they've done these amazing things, but they don't feel their value. Yeah. They're looking at a bottom line to yep. find their worth, dude. And yep. it's, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. We're watching the show Billions. We've always we've enjoyed yeah. that show since yeah. it's come out. Yeah, now yeah, season yeah. three is out. And at this point, the main actor, um, Bobby Axelrod, is a DECA billionaire. Mm. And he's just, it's not enough. You know what right. I mean? Like being worth $10 billion is not enough. Right. There's more. He yeah. doesn't even have a number in mind. It's about winning. Right. He's always thought it's been about winning. But in season three, you know, he's reached the conclusion that he kind of has won, but still hasn't. Like right. he just wants to win. I don't even right. think it's really about the money. It's just about winning. But but in the past, he would have thought, you know, when he's worth $10 billion, he would have won. He doesn't feel like he's won yet. Like right. there's always just something right. else. Well, and that's, even though we're not dealing with billions, the rest of us, you know, isn't that it's such a great metaphor for what we're all struggling through, yeah. especially men. It's again, it's yeah. an epidemic yes. among men and we don't talk about it and we should, you know, we, because we put up this facade, you know, when guys get behind my door, 
and they're just regular people, you know, then they can let themselves, you know, mm-hmm. there's a safety there and we can explore and we can fix some things. Yes. But as soon as they leave the door, someone's looking to them for the answer. Someone's looking to them for the money. Mm-hmm. Someone's looking to them for, uh, you know, they're just the man. Everywhere mm-hmm. they go, they're the man. Yes. And when you have that label, the man, Yes. then you have to show up as the man. Mm-hmm. And then what if you're not? Yeah. What if you don't have, you know, what if you have a lot of knowledge, but you don't have that anchor of the con- my confidence, man? I'm, I'm uber confident in who I'm here to be. The rest of it, I don't know. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Because I know that this is my piece and I, nobody's going to rock my piece better than, my, than me. But I don't need to have that piece. That's your piece. Yeah. You know? I don't, it's not all on me. These guys, these men, they feel like they have to have the answers in every situation. They have to be it in every room. Yeah. And that's why it's like 10 billion is not enough. Because there's always someone with 11. Exactly. You know? Yes. So run, hmm. chase, 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 chase. You know? Yeah. You mentioned those, th- knowing those things that are in you, that you are. And if you look back on long periods of your life, like you could, I- you could have identified some of those things the way it sounded like even as a teenager, maybe even as a kid, a little kid should. building forts. We should. Okay. So my question is, how did you identify those things? And then I guess the question really is, how can people identify those things? Which brings us into your coaching. I just wanted yeah. to read this off your LinkedIn page, which is what you're doing now, but blending brain science, business strategy, and spiritual principles, uh, you wake, uh, wake people up to the greater possibilities for their lives and careers. I help my clients understand and leverage their unique specific wiring and guide them to rewire the subconscious belief patterns that are holding them back, both personally and professionally. Hmm. That is extremely fascinating, dude. <laughs> Which I for think, me too. oh man, so it probably ties into my question about how did you identify those things, or how how do people identify those things? So let's just jump in wherever. I love to hear that, and then yeah. I love to hear all about this. Oh man, well, okay, they are separate questions. Okay. I'm going to answer the first one briefly. Um, anybody who wants to find that find that stuff. You know, first of all, I'll say not a pitch, but it's just true. People need to be able to identify these things and they're stuck out there and they don't know how. So I I do have a class that it's a six week class. And the first two weeks of the class is to figure, figure out like, who am I here to be? And what do I want to do with that? You know, so um, there are lots of tests out there that you can take. I, I suggest them. I think they're great, but I don't think they answer the question for you. Strengths finders, everybody should know their strengths. Everyone should take that test. Mm-hmm. Everybody should know them. Enneagram, everyone should know their their tendency, you know, mm-hmm. and they need to know that like when I'm in stress, I tend to this. When I feel strong, I tend to this. So I think the Enneagram and the and strength finders are both great. There's also Myers-Briggs and DISC and all that stuff. I like those less, but okay. they're fine. So you That's, like strength finders and Enneagram is kind of your favorites. I, I think that. I think yeah. that. But again, what if we're both the same number and we're both, you know, we show up that we both have the same strengths. We're mm-hmm. still different people. Yeah. You know, we still have different things. So it's it's a great place to start. But we have to contemplate, like you got to get alone and start pulling on things and remembering when was I strong? Like when, when did I save the day? 
And how did I save the day? What did that teacher see in me and call out of me? You know, what did my best friend appreciate about me? You know, what is that stuff? Then I love asking the people that matter in your life now, you know, just go, hey, if you were, what, who do you say I am? Mm. You know, who, what do you see in me? And what's killer about that is that you will separately, different parts of your life, and everybody will start making these lists and you'll go, oh my God, like there's that word over and yeah, over and over. Okay. Yeah. So obviously I need to pay attention. You know, I am, for me, I'm highly strategic. Everybody says like, I'm great at that. You know, also I am like a catalyst for people's, you know, whatever that thing is in them. I've always been that, you know, true in music when I'm producing, Hey, guitarist, Hey, singer, let's, let's make that better this way. You know, we're going to change it in this way. And then all of a sudden we get this performance that wasn't there, you know? So I've always been a catalyst for whatever the good thing was, you know? So when you start seeing these words come back to you over and over, you go, okay, I got to pay attention to these words and then just get curious about it. You know, again, people have not been trained, so they don't know how. So, you know, life relaunch, it's a class I teach. It's the best thing I've ever done. I've never done anything more important. I wish everybody in the history or the future of the world would take this class because I know that if you can understand with full confidence who God placed you here on this, and it's not a Christian class, but I'm mm-hmm. a Christian. It mm-hmm. is the center of, of me, but I did, it's not a faith-based class. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a psychology-based class, um, science-based class, um, and a lot of non-Christians take it. But when you can know with certainty what the force is that you're here to be, you know, really everything, every door gets knocked down. When you know with certainty because you're going to stop going down all the roads, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to focus on this is my road. And then in this road, man, I put me up against Tony Robbins, put me up against whoever. I know what I bring. I know yeah. that I know the help that I give, you know, and there's not a person in the world that's going to deliver my gift better than me. Yes. And that I want that confidence for everyone. It's not a true comp- for everyone, isn't it? it? It's not a competition. Yes. There yes. is no competition. We all started in different places. We all will end in different places. We're on on completely different journeys. Why would we think that your third quarter and my fourth quarter or your, you know, his first quarter, you know, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, why would we compare those things in any way, shape or form? We are on completely unique journeys. And I believe that everyone is here for something unique to them, specific to them, and far more extraordinary than they give themselves credit for. Mm -hmm. Far more extraordinary. And so everybody's living these watered down versions of who they're here to be because they just don't have the statement. They don't know with certainty what that thing is. Mm -hmm. So they're not focused They're all over the place. They're accomplishing some good things. They think that that means something. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't. You can have all the stuff. It doesn't. We we both know people who have all the stuff Mm -hmm. and they're empty, Mm -hmm. you know, and we also have people who have little, but they, they know who they're here and they, you can't be in their presence without, you know, getting it, getting on you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so who's the success? Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. So my wish for everyone is just that you would come to understand who you're here to be. Yeah. And then, so that's step one, you know, step two is, okay, so I know who I'm here to be now. Now everything's going to be great, right? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> shoot. No. That's, that's incredible. That's great. Yeah. But then we also have our brain and, uh, those of us who grew up in church, we're very, we, we understand the spirit. We make a lot of things about the spirit, you know, um, but they're not all the spirit. You know, the operating system of our being is our brain. And very few people out there understand how, to, how does the brain work, you know, and yet it is our operating system. And so we continue these very dysfunctional loops. You know, and sometimes we even think that it's a functional loop, you know, yes. but it's a dysfunctional loop and we're out there just repeat, 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 just like a computer, mm-hmm. just like a computer. If I don't reprogram the computer, if I don't recode the computer, the computer will continue to do X, Y, and Z over and over and over because that's the coding. Same thing for us. So most of the thinking that we are doing during the day when we're awake is here. Analytical mind, solving problems, reading, listening, seeing, it's all front of mind. And then um, that's great. That's wonderful. So we solve problems from left, front, lobe. But everybody watching, if you'll touch the back of your head, okay? This was really important for me. Okay, so you touch the back of your head and you go, okay, this part of my brain is automatic. This part of my brain is instinct. This part of my brain tells my lungs to breathe, tells my heart to beat, regulates the red blood cells. Like this part of the brain is everything that happens without us knowing. So right now, you can take it down, but right now I'm just holding my hand here. And we've been ta- I've been talking, but I'm not thinking like, right. now move your hand here. Yes. And now blah, 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 you know, yeah. whatever. It, there's so many automatic things that are happening. It's all happening from back of the brain. Mm. And so everything that's, that is, that's automatic, is happening from the back of the brain, okay? Bad news for us, okay? Bad news for us. Identity, all the stuff that we think we are, you know, I'm six feet tall, I weigh this much, I do this, I am this, whatever, analytical, 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 you know? Identity is in the back of the brain. So that part of us that is this, we can say and think and analyze that we are so-and-so. But if that happens to be, if this contradicts this, that thing, then that's where we get that push-pull, that pull on us, you know, like, I'm successful. I can do it, right? I can, you know, I'm awesome. Look at all this stuff I built. No, you're a sham. You're an imposter. You're, you suck. Mm-hmm. You know, you're broken. If they knew, if they knew about you, you'd be disqualified. Everybody in my, everyone, every single person that comes into my office has some version of that because analytically they can make the case X, Y, and Z. We can show the resume and we can blah, blah, blah. But somewhere in their programming from past experience handed to them very often from someone else. They didn't even come by it rightly. It just was given. It was imprinted. 
someone else's dysfunction written here. And the problem is once it's here, which part of the brain wins? The part of the brain that tells your heart to beat, you know, or the, no, I can do it, Mm, you know? mm. So the whole goal here, man, is to figure out what is coded on me. What is my identity? Not who do I think I am or even what other people say I am. You know, what actually is written on me? And then how do I rewrite that? Hmm. How do I leverage the pieces of it that are the good pieces of me that I want to be? How do I leverage that? And also, how do I shift the things that are written on me that I came by without even knowing some very often without doing myself and then very often, you know, manipulating in a very poor way in my own self, my own sin, my own loops. I, 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 it is sin, but also it's like a cycle. Yeah. Like very often it's like that we come back to the, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. Like very often it's, it's just, it's not even something that I shame. We shouldn't even shame ourselves over, you know, it just is what the brain does, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, you know? We can, whatever's this and this and this, we can think on these things, you know, as a man thinks, so is he. Not here, not what does he analytically think. Interesting. What is written? What is coded? Who is this man? You know, what is written here? Because we will do what we are and we will not do what we're not. So I can chase success, chase, 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 accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. But if I'm not that guy, if that's not what's written, if I'm actually small, you know, if that's what's written, limited, you know, past my ceiling mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. then from the inside, you're, you're held down mm-hmm. from the inside. So the moment that you re-identify, re-anchor those beliefs and rewrite that code, then really it does. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but that's where everything becomes possible. Hmm. And not until then. Castle, 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 castle. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. Dang, man. How long have you been in that space? I've always... The neuroscience part of this. I just love it. I love it so much. Um, You know... I think before I was even in it, I was in it, you know, because there have been pieces along the road. You know, my dad made me read Personal Power when I was in seventh grade, I think, seventh or eighth grade. I got maybe just a little bit of it. I read the whole book, but it was over my head. And, you know, I don't know that that was the beginning of this thing called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. A lot of coaches, a lot of, you know, people out there know a bit about it now, but at the time it was very new, you know? So would I consider that to be the the Bible of all this? Definitely not, you know, but I did get a piece of it, you know? Also, I think there's a lot of this, even though it's wrongly interpreted in the Bible, Mm. but our pastors don't understand this. And so they're making it about the spirit. I actually think God was directing us very much 
in the Bible by saying, as a man thinks, so is he. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're going, hey, that's about sin. Because that's what I yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you said those verses earlier, it's like, holy cow, this, that's a whole different level there. Yes. It could be a different meaning no, altogether. it is. It is, Kent. That's the deal. That That's the thing. That's why I said I've grown beyond, you know, I've grown beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we teach what we understand and pastors and teachers don't understand the brain. Mm-hmm. So they're teaching the spirit because that's what they get. You know, and I no fault, like no fault, you know, they're doing the best they can. But we've wrongly, we've wrongly taught people. You know, we've made it about sin because that's what we like to focus on. Sure. You know, but it's really so much more than that. He's giving us the key mm-hmm. to unlock ourselves, be transformed, mm-hmm. not by repentance, by the renewing of your mind. That's what he said. You know, how do I renew my mind? How do I do that? Is it by is it by learning a Bible verse and saying it over and over and over? That's what we were taught, and yet we're all out here doing the same crap. Mm-hmm. How do I renew my mind? You know, and that's that's the work, and that's the work you're into now. Mm-hmm. So the 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 back part of the brain here would that be the default mode network? Yeah, is that a term for that? That is a, in a certain circles. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the I got that term from this book, uh, "How to Change Your Mind" by Michael Pollan. He talks mm-hmm. about psychedelic yep. use. Yep. All the research that's going on right now yep. with psychedelic drugs, yeah. uh, particularly psilocybin from mushrooms and mm-hmm. LSD, and in 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 um, you know Johns Hopkins University. These are controlled settings. These are professionals. Right. There's not just people weird people out there doing drugs right. and seeing what happens. Right. However, um, what you're talking about is a, what's I mean. He he talks about that in that book. In that brains can get into a loop. They do. And one of the I guess the benefits of some of these like psilocybin, for example, it can sort of pause the default mode network, pause this loop that's going on, or mm-hmm. almost like wipe the slate clean in a little mm-hmm. bit. Are you familiar with using some of those psychedelic I know people who've done it. I know people who've, who've gone through that, and I've, I've read some research about it. It's a little fringe for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, for me personally, I think there are other things we can do before we get there. And mm-hmm. I think once we exhaust those then I don't need a mushroom to do be the quick fix. Mm-hmm. Like I need to do my work, mm. you know? So I think some people are leaping over to just go, Hey, it's not a pill, but it just, if I do this, it'll fix me. Yeah. And I know some people who've done that and actually it, it didn't fix them. Interesting. So, so how do you go about then um, the part of your work where you're helping people work through these things and maybe changing some of these these loops or mentalities and how are you going about that? How do you enact change then? It's, it's uh, so good. And obviously it's much more than we can talk about in this context, but I don't want to not answer the question. I don't want to not help. So I'll just say this. Okay. Um, This part of our brain is analytical. So every time we're reading the Bible or making a list or an affirmation or reading a book, underlining something, you know, posting something up on our mirror because this is the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. Anytime we're doing those things, that, and I'm not saying it's not helpful. I'm just saying it's analytic. It's this part of the brain. This part of the brain thinks in pictures. This part of the brain is creative. It is not, um, it doesn't analyze. It's not analyzing. It doesn't make lists. 
if you think of a dream, you know, this part of the brain is in charge of dreams. So when you're asleep, you don't have the thought, you're not flying. You can't fly. Put that cape down, you know? <laughs> you don't have that thought. And you also, if you're falling, you'll be like, you're not really falling. You're like, <gasps> mm-hmm. you know? So it just, it thinks in pictures and it accepts whatever is, whatever the picture is. So if we can, instead of telling ourselves the truth, telling each other the truth, you know, reading the truth, underlining the truth. If instead we could experience the truth, see the truth, feel the truth, Mm. that is how this part of the brain goes, oh, okay, this is, we're here. This is what, this is real, whether it's real or not, you know, because a dream can feel very real. You know, I, I, about three weeks ago, I had a dream that I was at dinner with Rihanna and <laughs> I was at dinner with Rihanna and her posse and it was a bunch <laughs> bunch of people like I think it was like 12, 12 or 13 people we had this big meal and they they left and they left me with the bill with the bill <laughs> and I woke up so mad at Rihanna yeah. I was just like like in my dream I was like why why would she do that and I, yeah. I woke my adrenaline course through my body mm-hmm. and I woke up and I was mad mm. at Rihanna it felt so real mm-hmm. and then I burst out laughing and I was like this is what the brain does you know I experienced that as extremely real so if we can the hardest part is identifying that piece who am I and also identifying the dysfunction we don't we don't like the discomfort of pulling on that string. We hate it. So the brain fights it, you know, doesn't want to feel uncomfortable, doesn't want to feel unsafe. And so we have all kinds of mechanisms in our brains that sabotage us from pulling on that thread. Mm. But if we pull on it and if we just look at it from a curious standpoint, without shame, without, you know, without judgment um, of each other, or of ourselves, just to say, you know, the fact is, just the truth is, I struggle in this way. You know, I struggle to believe X. My fear is this, you know, I, I, I think I'm limited in this way. You know, my secret is this, you know, get it out. Mm. Get it out, even only to yourself, if that's what feels safe. Just mm-hmm. get it out, though. Stop the loop. That's how you stop the loop. Mm. You stop it yourself, you know? We know ourselves better than a mushroom or anything else could, you mm-hmm. know? So we know what is true, but we avoid it. Mm. So get truthful, be honest, with no judgment, because there's no reason for the judgment. Not only is it not good for you, it, it's literally unwarranted. You know, and it's our spiritual, you know, churchy histories that make us think that it is. It's just like, what is in the brain? Just what is in the brain? And and without, without fear or judgment, just let's look at that, you mm-hmm. know? And then to say, okay, this is in the brain. What do I want to be in the brain instead? You know, this is what's there. Now, my brain... My subconscious will accept an image as true, you know, whether it's true or not. And without speaking too candidly, 
you know, you know where that leads to in Mm. in many men's lives, you know? Mm. So we, we numb with that, you know, Mm. we numb with that. So if like porn or something, I do, I don't want to say it because your son's here, but yeah, but like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of numbing, like Mm -hmm. put our, put ourselves somewhere else, Mm -hmm. you know, and it works. It works biologically, physically, it works for people, you know, and it works from a psychological standpoint just to, you know, and so we're using this, we're proving that this is true in a negative way. What if we could prove the goodness of it as well? Mm. You know, put yourself in the situation in your mind that you want to be in. That's the key. Hmm. So it's very often it's helpful to be aided, to be guided because you just need to be in, you can't be the teacher and the student at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? So even if you can do it on your own, it's very, it's, it's helpful to have someone helping you so that they can ask the right question at the right time mm-hmm. and kind of go, and what else, what do you see in this regard? And what do you see in this? And like build that out for you. Mm-hmm. The brain is reprocessing constantly just going, okay, all right. So that's real and that's real and that's real and that's real. And then all of a sudden you get to the end and, and your brain has accepted a new image, you know, a new truth. And then you can analytically come at it and reinforce that. Mm. I am this, I am being this, I'm here to be this analytically. And you can go and set goals for doing those things. It has to be true here first. Okay, so part of the process is kind of rewiring the back part of the brain, getting some of the the crap out, getting what's true, getting you know clean a, a clean vision of what who you are, the gifts that God has given you, and then once you have that, saying, all right, well, here's then what's true about me. How can this benefit society? Essentially, then that's the next step, the doing part. Then I like that. I like how you just said that because I think when we build our life around benefiting society, that really aligns with the idea that we're here to be a gift, mm-hmm. which I very much believe. Yeah. What's the purpose if I'm not here to offer a gift? You know, if it's just the selfish consumption. Right. That I, I just, I can't, I can't get on board with that. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel right. Like it just doesn't ring true. Yeah. It feels like if we're here, it's here to be help. Yes. And this broken, broken world needs our help. Yes. You know, so yes, figure it out, undo the wiring that need recode, which is very doable meditation, music. That's why I was going to say music Mm. opens it up. You know, I, I, the first five minutes of my day and I've done some other work, so I'm not saying that this is the cure because it's not. So please don't anybody think that, Oh, that's too simplistic. I've done lots of other work first, you know, but I do start my day with music that doesn't have lyrics and just opens me up, you know. I mm. love the way it feels. I'm also very sensitive to music, so you know, it speaks to me. Mm-hmm. So, it opens me up and then I actively cultivate the person I'm here to be in this moment, in this day, and I actively cultivate my success. What does success for me look like today? You know, who, who am I here to be today? And if everything went right today, what does that look like? And then I see myself interacting with my family, my wife, my kids, you know, my friends. How am I benefiting them? How am I offering this gift everywhere I go? How am I in service, you know? And everything's going right. 
what's great is the brain's going, okay, all right, that's the plan. That's who we're here to be. Let's go be that. Mm. You know? Interesting. This is fascinating. Yeah, dude. There's so much more too. Like, yeah. I, I know we can't like we, but there's so much. Like, yeah. it's, it's such. I, I really recommend everybody. You know, everyone would live a better life if they knew a little bit more about all this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt that for a second. And for the people that are like, yeah, this sounds a little weird. Well, the, let's let's remember that for at least the believers mm-hmm. here, we can agree that God created us. We are very very complicated. And beings, and it's all by design. None of it's by mistake. And so it's kind of like the brain is the Wild West. I mean, it's amazing what we know about the human body. I mean, it is. We can give people fake legs. We can repair legs. We can put, we can pull someone's heart out and put someone else's heart in there. And you go on. It's crazy we can yeah. do. However, there's so much we do not know about the brain. Right. So much. Right. Um, and well, and it, we're learning a lot, but yeah. it's still, there's so much, but it's so complex and God made it. And so it shouldn't. Some of this stuff is just the science of it. Like it's, right. it's the it's 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 use it's understanding the way it's wired and using that for essentially at the end of the day God's glory. Correct. The, and we're and we're afraid. We're afraid yeah. of that. Why yeah. is it that we're okay with someone replacing a heart? You know, or or cutting off a leg and putting it on a prosthetic. We understand that and we're okay with that. But we're very afraid of anything that might look like we have been taught is New Age mm-hmm. or Middle Eastern or uh, New you know, yeah. Eastern yep. philosophy or whatever. Yep. It's not. It is yeah. science. It's yeah. science. And we have been taught incorrectly by people who were well-meaning. They were well-meaning. You know, I don't hold any fault. You know, they taught from what they knew. But God created our brain and it is the most complicated, most beautiful thing, I think, on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything. We are the eighth world wonder. You know, yeah. we are, we are. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start looking at the stats of what what a brain is and how, how it works, it is like a galaxy. Mm. You know, it is. And, and there's one and there's one and yeah. here's one and they're everywhere. It's the most gorgeous, beautiful thing. And we avoid it many times as believers and just people in general, because we don't understand it. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying my goal in life, my goal in my career is to make it easy, make it easy. We don't have to know everything, but if we can know something, you know, if we can know more than we knew, then we can get better. Yes. Yes. That's such a great point. It's very well said. When we were just, we were just talking about this yesterday on the podcast that, um, Western evangelicalism tends to demonize that which it doesn't understand. Yes. And, or, or that it's uncomfortable with. So if, if there's something that makes it a little uncomfortable, then we'll demonize it. And that's sort of how we can justify it. And this, this can be one of those areas, I think maybe a little 100%. too quickly sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah. I think the, um, so then how do you, how do you balance then, um, the, this idea of, because there's still a component here then of, what you will do or, or, mm-hmm. or how you can best contribute to society. Cause this is interesting. Cause this conversation is very timely for me. Like I'm I am so thinking glad. about these things Great. every day. Like it's, this is the season I'm in right now. Awesome. Um, and one of the thoughts that's occurred to me many times in the last couple of months is just how can I best contribute to society? Because 
I'm kind of done with my plan. You know what I mean? Like my plan that, that, good. that obviously didn't work out very Beautiful. good. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I'm kind of over like figuring it out myself, having my plan, doing what feels good to me. I'm, I'm ready to figure out how can I best contribute to society? Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And, and then, and, and so there is still a doing component here. We'll check it out. Okay. Cause I'm going to interrupt that. Cause I don't know that. I don't know that that thought will take you somewhere good, okay? So when you go, how do I best contribute to society? What do I do? It's the same question. Mm, mm -hmm. It's unanswerable. How do I best serve Mm -hmm. all of society? That's an incredibly overwhelming question that you're asking. And it's open-ended. And so you go, how do I best help society? And then you're looking at a blank page and you're like... Hell if I know. Yeah. Yeah. How how am I supposed to know? Yeah. You know? So that's the wrong question, friend. Mm, mm-hmm. The right question is not what do I do? The mm-hmm. right question is who am I here to be? Mm-hmm. Who am I here to be? And the difference is, you know, when you ask the first question, you're looking to the future. From here, how do I best contribute to society? You know, when you go, who am I here to be? You look at the past. Interesting. You know, what has always been true? What has always been my greatest service? How have I always served the most? What was always the easiest for me? What do people appreciate the most about me? What are my greatest skills? You know, what can I prove? And that's the deal. What can I prove? Okay. You know, what would other people say about me? You know, if I got my best friend here to say who I am, you know, he'd say it way better than me mm-hmm. yeah, and he'd fight, he'd fight for it. If anybody said, no, he's not, he'd fight him, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, yes, he, this is the greatest guy for blah, blah, blah. He's this and this and this. And, you know, yeah. he knows it. So whereas I may go, mm, I don't know, yeah. you know, but that might be my thing. He, he knows it. Mm-hmm. So go to those people, have them say who you are, you answer for yourself and then look, dude, it's the most compelling, beautiful thing. It can be an incredible moment in your life to look all these different people from different parts of your life saying the same thing without, without, uh, you know, people talking to each other. Yes. And so when you, so on the being part, who Mm -hmm. am I here to be would, would say one of the things like for you, you just so I have the categories right is it's fair to say that you're here to be creative you're here to be strategic. Is this, am I yeah, getting that part right? Be, um, character traits. Okay. And hard skills. So loyal, um, loyal, truthful, helpful, um, caring, enthusiastic, mm. funny character traits. I you see. Know? And then skills, strategist, leader, coach, you know, mentor, friend, you know, what, what do I, there's some doing wrapped up in that, yeah. in that word, you know? So then you, you come, come with those, those two categories. And then you try and build a sentence. Like when you see that four, four of six people all said leader, then that's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to say strategist for you. Cause I know that's got to be high, high on your list, you know? So you're going to say like strategic leader, you know, and then you go, was what here in this statement has always been true and what hasn't been true? Well, so right now, coach, 
is true now. Was I always a coach? No. So I'm doing coach. I'm doing yeah, coach. Yeah. And that's now, mm-hmm. but that's not who I'm here to be because that wasn't true of me in fifth grade. You I know? see. So, okay. so even though it's true of me, is it who I'm here to be or is it just an expression of who I'm here to be. Ah, and it might be one of those things that comes and goes in particular seasons as the Lord moves you through your life, which See, is what we were talking about earlier. That's the deal. That's why I'm not scared at all to, or sad at all to let go of being a professional musician. It's not the current expression, but I'm the yeah. same guy. And I, yeah. I changed the world in the same way with a microphone in my hand singing a song. Same thing, different expression. You know, mm. and it's okay because I know that I've always been X. Yes. Through all of these generations and, you know, um, of me. Reiterations. Reiterations. And seasons. Yes. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So through all of this of me, I've always been this and I will always be this. This is the part that cannot be forfeited. I will ne- this will never be forfeited in me because I never earned it. It was given it was created. It was, you know, stuck in me. It's in my DNA. Yes. And so that part, you go, okay, I've got that now. Then you move to the doing by saying, what do I want to do with that? Uh, okay. What do I want clicked. to do? What yeah. do I want to do with it? Yeah. I can mm. do many, many things. What do I want to do? And as long as you're being, as long as the being comes first. You're, you're good. You're gold. Mm. You can't screw up. If you know who you're here to be, you cannot screw up. If you're being that, you can be that over here or you can be that over here, but you're doing it. You're doing the right thing. Yes. You know? So you can build a company or you can go fishing, but you're being this wherever it's, you are. It's very powerful. Dude, it'll set you free. Yeah, it's very powerful. How how would you phrase the question to your friends? When you think of me, what do you think of? Or yeah. who do you think I am? Or what are some traits that you know about me? How would you phrase that question? Well, I've had, you know, in my class, you know, I have my students do that. And I say, hey, I'm, I'm taking a class right now about, you know, this and this and this, my purpose and more than that. But, uh, but I'll say, um, what do you think my strongest strengths are? If you were in charge, if you had to say what my purpose is, mm-hmm. what would you say my purpose is? You know, simple, simple questions. You don't want to make it, you could make it fancier, but that will overwhelm someone who's not in the context, you know, of all that you're thinking. But you just go, hey, I, I'm considering my purpose. I'm trying to come up with a new state purpose statement. You know, everybody understands that. So you just say, hey, what would you say? I'm curious to say what you would say my purpose is. Mm. And, and, they'll, and just say, hey, I'm looking for character traits. You know, what skills do you say, how I stand out, you know, and what character traits set me apart from everybody else? Yeah, okay. Perfect. Yep. Back to the pictures, how that back part of your brain processes pictures. Is this what you mean when you say you start the day with music and you think about if this day goes really, really well, what that would look like? Is that what you mean by giving the back part of your brain a picture to look at and sort of imprint? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it for sure. Dude, I could tell you 
or like you just want to do it. You mean right now? Let's do it. Heck yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's gonna. We're not gonna go as deep. Like you know, I'm not gonna put you on the spot in a big way. I don't you know? mind if you do. Go for it. That's really sweet, man. I don't have much I, to hide at this I point. I appreciate it. That's <laughs> so good. Okay. Well, um, just since we're very much in our analytical minds right now with this conversation, so I'm just gonna ask. It's gonna be cheesy. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, it's they just, get it. We have to like. I just want you to like breathe, and I want you to like expel a lot of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before you, before we go there, will you, um, think about something that you want to change or some, something you want to improve? Am I after a trait here? Am I after a loop that's stuck in my brain? Am I after I think you're, something you're, I do? You're a place where you feel stuck or yep. a place that you, uh, you want to be better. Mm. A thing you hope. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Guys, I'm so glad we're doing this, y'all. This is (laughs) great. This is great. It's getting real. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Thank you for being, uh, you know, an example because anybody can do something like this. And I do want to say, this is a piece of the work. This Mm -hmm. isn't the whole work. So anybody out there watching, going. That's what he says. That's it's it's a piece, you mm-hmm. know. It's a piece, and it is a very important piece. So I'm mm-hmm. glad we're doing it. Okay, take like three deep breaths in, and just as when you exhale, like if you'll just like exhale this conversation out, mm-hmm. you know, clear clear your brain so you can just be present in your own space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe like two more breaths. Okay. Okay, I want you to bring up that part of you, that thing that you wanted to shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want you to imagine that you are a year down the road. And in regards to this thing in your mind, everything went right. That thing you wanted to change, everything went right. Don't answer out loud right now. I just want to say, like, what what do you see in this space? Where are you? What does the space look like? Who's around you? Now, as you can, just explain, show, show us, tell us, keep, stay, stay there, mm-hmm. stay there. Um, explain what you see. I am seeing um, vibrant relationships with friends, um, a kind of engaged relationship with uh, my kids. Tell me specifically what you see in this one picture. 
So you ha- you're surrounded by friends mm-hmm. and everybody's smiling and laughing and happy together and really see that not making a list for me or like really describing a picture that's actually happening in your mind. So you're surrounded by friends and you, you take it over. What do you see? Yeah. Um, engage, just engaged with those around me, uh, not hiding things, not trying to be someone I'm not. Um, there's, Joyful, helpful conversations, meaningful conversations. Where are There's you? What's joy. the room? Um, What's the space? I am, weirdly enough, I'm in our front yard. Okay, great. So you're in your front yard. Yeah. Be there. Okay. Okay. You're in your front yard. How many friends are around you? Which friends are around you? Hmm. Um, I'm going to pull in, you know, two, probably a couple of my childhood friends. Um, Which ones? See them in your mind, okay? Yeah. Okay. Who do you see? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, you think I should name names on the podcast? <laughs> you can give their initials if you want. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with... Um, uh, JS, AL, uh, TT, JF, my wife, the kids. What are you guys doing? CK. Love it. Keep all of them uh, in the picture. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Uh, we're grilling. Love it. We're grilling in the front yard. Love it. Hanging out, having great conversations. Um, whoever wants to is drinking some beer, grilling something. There's some music playing. Um, just very present, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no guards here. We're we're not trying to be, you know. There's right. no one's got anything to prove. Um, you know, people aren't on their phones, um, distracting themselves. There's no need for distraction here. Yeah, we're all very present. Okay, and I'm very present. And I that's love key. it. I love it. So you're by the grill. Let's put you by the grill, okay? Mm-hmm. Who's with you? Are you alone? Or are you with someone by the grill? Um, hmm. Preferably we have sort of a crowd in the front yard, but I am by the grill and uh, three or four of the guys are with me by the grill. Okay. See that. Mm-hmm. How are you showing up in that picture? Who are you being in that picture? Hmm. Being present. Okay. It's key. Yes. Um, I am being genuine to myself. You could say authentic. That some, some of those things sometimes get a little overdone, but I'm being, I guess, I'm not hiding anything here. Um, genuine to myself. Um, and definitely conversant. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Happy. Are you happy in this picture? Yeah. Yeah. Very happy. The guys guys are happy for sure. Yeah. We're having a great time. And, and you are being, you're being happy and content and present. 
Helpful. Helpful. Um, wise. Yes. Uh, funny, but not comedic, you right. know, but, yeah. uh, but we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun. So maybe fun is a better word than funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about some meaningful things. Mm-hmm. It's not just random small talk that goes on all afternoon, you know? Right. And that's important because... Oh, well, that's important because there's so many interesting things to talk about and kind of reason through and discuss and help each other with. I mean, we all have shit going on um, or we have successes that need to be celebrated. Uh, There's things to figure out here. Like, it's important. We're here for a reason. And so we're not wasting a bunch of time with just random small talk. Yeah, we're going deep. Yeah. Like, this is, we're connected. Yes. We're not, there's no facade. Yep. This is true friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So we could keep going. I think for the sake of time, we're not going to, Mm -hmm. but we could. I'm really glad it just happened just exactly like it did. You guys, if y'all are still watching, <laughs> are people still watching? Oh, I'm this? sure they are. I hope they are. They're probably tuning in. I hope yeah. so. Like I, I, I love what just happened because your brain really fought going there. Mm. When you watch this back, you're going to realize like the first several things that you said were hypothetical. It wasn't a real picture. Mm. You're like, um, there are people around, friends where, uh, you know, it's a good environment, you know, it's this and this, but you didn't describe the yard. You didn't Mm. describe the grill. It wasn't a real place. Mm -hmm. They weren't real people. Mm. It was very vague and that doesn't work. Hmm. So the brain needs specifics. It needs a picture. So then you went to a picture, Mm -hmm. you know? You're by the grill, three or four guys around you. You named which ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And I could have said, I, we could have gone into detail, like, what are you grilling? How does it smell? Mm-hmm. How does it taste? You picked it up. You know, the more that you can give it, the more real it is for the brain, okay? Now, that's like, okay, so why, why are we grilling out in my brain? Like, what's mm-hmm. the deal? But then you go, okay, how are you being mm-hmm. in, this, in this picture, I'm being connected. Mm-hmm. I'm being present. I'm being fun. I'm being helpful. I'm being wise. Who am I here to be? Mm-hmm. That's who I'm here to be. Hmm. Because the context was if everything went right and you didn't place yourself on top of a castle, mm-hmm. you know, having built a business, you place yourself in the freaking backyard surrounded yeah. by the people you love. You yeah. know, that is directive. Mm. It's highly directive. Mm-hmm. You could have done anything. You could have gone anywhere and that's where you went. Mm-hmm. You know, so I am here to be connected to these people that I've chosen to let in my life. Mm. You know, appreciative, open, authentic. And that's what the people are going to talk about. I mean, to bring it full circle, man, that's what people are going to talk about when you're gone they won't talk about what you built. Yeah. You know? And guys, like, honestly, please, friends, like, we have to get this. Yeah. Because the world is so broken and it's not going to get healed 
mm-hmm. with good people chasing after the thing and the doing versus knowing with great detail and confidence who they're here to be. Mm-hmm. And mm. so you can, you can use these exercises. You can use that same exercise in lots of different ways. But like, let's say that you were, let's say you were going to be in a business situation. You know, you're going to negotiate a deal. You can play through, okay, if everything went right when negotiating this deal, you know, what happens? I get what I wanted. They also get some of what they wanted, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Who am I being in this picture? I'm being confident. I'm being fair. I'm being generous, but I'm being firm. You know, I'm being this, I'm being this. Then your brain's going, okay, this is who I'm here to be. This is what we need to do. Okay, then you, you're done. You've already been there. Mm-hmm. Then you show up to the situation where you're actually negotiating. And you are, your brain already knows. It's already uh, been there. Okay, it's okay. It's already been there. Yeah, in other words, you can use that practice for, you know, today you have a board meeting or a meeting and, or there's a negotiation or you're going to close a deal or negotiate a deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other... 300 days working that that year or whatever, uh, working, you're not going to do that. But today you're going to. And Mm -hmm. so before you start that particular day, Mm -hmm. you visualize who you want to be in that meeting. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And And that's not necessarily what you're taking with you for all of life, but for that day. Yeah. Let's make it practical. Let's don't don't be too esoteric. Like let's, let's make it super practical. And how do I use this today? You Mm -hmm. know, what am I doing today? The doing, the doing, the doing, you know? Okay, let's figure out who I'm here to be. Now, what do I want today to do? I want to go be ambitious. I want to build something. I want to build that, okay? Everything went right, building that. What do you see? It looks like this. It looks like this. It looks like this. Okay, who are you being? Okay, I'm being this. I'm being this. I'm being this. And then mm. you go, okay, go be that. Yeah. And you will do those things. Yes, I see. Interesting. Yeah. It's very helpful. And is that neuro-linguistic programming? Is uh, that what we just did or not necessarily? No, uh, no, no. I don't, okay. I kind of made this up. So, okay. I mean, based on some other things, like let's be, you know, I will say like meditation could go that mm-hmm. direction. And I don't think that meditation is always safe. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't just go anywhere with anybody and trust mm-hmm. that they're going to take you to a good place. You mm-hmm. know, take me to my spirit, you know, leader, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm not about that. Sure. So, so for me, it's like, you know, we have to focus it, but, mm-hmm. but just because, you know, I don't want that doesn't mean I can't benefit from the principle. Mm-hmm. So I have done the broad stuff. I've gone all the places and I brought back the safe things I see. for people. So this doesn't necessarily have a name, yep. but it's just everybody can feel safe knowing that I care. I think like they think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I the same things matter. I have the same concerns, you know. And so, mm-hmm. hey, let's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's, yeah. let's, let's use the piece of this that we can. Yeah, yeah. So it's meditation. Thanks dude. for doing that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Come there on. we go. Yeah, thanks, um, so what how would you define neuro-linguistic programming? What is that? Um, you know, there are it's it's a mode, it's a modality. Um, I wouldn't even uh, in the context of this awesome conversation, I wouldn't want to point people towards that. Oh, I'll just really? say I mean, not 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 right now because I, I, I don't think it's uh, 
I think like, let's just, let's, let's be here and right. just make it about the being, yeah. the piece. I, just to answer your question very simply, it's, it's broad and people say different things, but it is, um, offsetting, interrupting the brain loops, mm-hmm. you know, and the normal patterns, um, and replacing things. That's what it is in general. I see. Okay. Um, but there are different methods of getting there. And okay. you, you could, with that very broad thing, you could put this underneath that, but there are lots of other things that you could put underneath it too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Where are you seeing then people that do these exercises, maybe do what we just did or, or even do it more thoroughly, maybe, which I suspect yeah. you get into in your course. Mm-hmm. And then you, they're kind of, they kind of set off then on this journey. Where are you seeing them maybe most what are some common pitfalls then to be aware of? Oh, I love that. I mean, for me, I would go the opposite way and I would say like, what what are the benefits? Mm-hmm. You know, the benefits are you write your story instead of your story just happening, mm-hmm. you know? And so there are no pitfalls if we are actively cultivating who we're here to be. Mm-hmm. You literally can't fail. You know, if you if you get this directive and I believe from God... If you get this directive from God and you actively cultivate it, then that's as close to the garden as we're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's beautiful to be awake and then to be building within the context of who I'm here to be, knowing that I literally can't fail. And if someone deemed something that happened as failure, it's still not failure because I'm here to be this and I yeah. was being that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I literally can't fail, you know, the, on, on the other side, I can win every day, mm-hmm. you know, I can win that day because I'm confident in who I'm here to be. And I am being that everywhere I go. Yeah. So the pitfalls for all of us, and I wouldn't say just about this, but when we're not asking these questions, you know, when we're not, mm. then honestly, that's how, that's how you are where you are right now, man. Mm-hmm. You know, when we don't contemplate, when we just get stuck doing and trying to figure things out, especially things that we can't figure out, they're not answerable from the knowledge, the data that we have right now. Mm-hmm. If we had more data, we could do it. But in this moment, we don't have all the data and we're trying to answer questions without all the facts and without the you know, the data. So, yes. So what would you say then to people that um, <clears throat> say, okay, I get it. I like some of what you're saying, but, you know, 10 years ago um, or even more recent, you know, I, I, I tried the self-help stuff. I got into mm-hmm. it. It didn't really work. Now it feels a little bit gross. Yeah. What do you say to those people? I understand. I understand. And then I would say, how did you, how did you, how did you take in that self-help? Was it a book? Was it a podcast? Were you listening to something? Were you reading something? Mm-hmm. Front of mind. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. As long as we're analyzing our way to it, it's not going to work. Yep. It is a being thing. The subconscious mind and the prefrontal cortex are in opposition analytics, you know, uh, analyze and file, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, just pull things apart, Mm -hmm. automatic instinct. It just is. Yeah. No judgment, you know? So, uh, 
You can't read these things and get it. Yes. You have to be these things. Yeah. Okay. But I, but I get it because mm-hmm. it's been, I, I studied it for so long before, before, and I, and honestly, we could say this, not just about self-help. We could say this about the Bible. We could say this about church. We'd say this about a lot of things, fill in the blank, you know, but when you know something, you know, it doesn't mean you know it. Mm-hmm. When you are something, doesn't mean you are it. Yeah. You know, we do what we are. And if it did not align with who you are, when you read the book, it's not going to work. Oh, that's a big point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big point, actually. Yeah, it is. And you have to be careful about who you listen to. Like, right. There are a lot of books out there that's just fluff, and it's right. going to leave you empty, man. Yeah. Like. And it's one size fits all. It's one size fits all. Please stop with the formulas. Yes. Stop with the freaking formulas. They are not, we are not one size fits all. Yes. We are, none of us are. In fact, we are wholly unique. Mm -hmm. You know, we're completely unique. So to think that this book is going to solve my, I'm looking at some of those titles and like, mm-hmm. honestly, some of those books offend me, you know, like some they, of them offend me now yeah, too. A lot of yeah, them offend me now. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I've read some of those books and they leave you wanting yeah. and frustrated because you gave the time and energy and hope mm-hmm. to the book or to the teacher or to the coach. Mm-hmm. I'm in a, an industry filled with hacks. Mm-hmm. Because the barrier to entry is so low. Coach, yes, please. You know something. I, you know, you're. How am I supposed to teach Kent Lap how to be a better Kent Lap? You know, like mm-hmm. I can't. It's so. It's such a terrible, um, terrible title. Mm-hmm. Like it, there really should be another title. Mm-hmm. You know, but it it really is what it is. And mm-hmm. if people come with humility and tools, by the way, and tools, I study, I work so hard to have something to share, mm-hmm. you know, and most coaches don't. Yes. Like they don't. They're just like, um, you know, they'll point you to a book. Right. Yep. You know, yep. and it's like, guys, like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Yeah. When did you have the realization that this is going to be the next chapter or the next thing that you focus on? It's hmm. a beautiful question. Um, man, I've always been a helper. I've always seen potential, like standing on a stage in sixth grade, singing my first solo, looking out at the audience and wanting to give a piece of me for their benefit mm. in that moment. That's what that was for me. Like I, I wanted to share a piece of me so that they would feel better, that they would be encouraged, that they would maybe be changed. Like that's what I was drawn to. That was the incredible power of music for me. And that's who I was being in that moment. Yes, I was doing the song, doing the yes. singing, you know, but I, it was always for me, what, what's my highest value? And as a kid, that was my highest value. When I sang my 4,367th session, and there's that same song again, you know, some version of the same chords and same whatever. And I'm like, is this all there is? Like, I'm going to sing this song for the rest of my life. Mm. This is why I'm here. 
to sing this freaking song over and over and over again. Mm. And then you go, there has to be more, not to degrade my history. My history got me here and I freaking loved my history. And it's something I longed for and that a lot of other people long for. But at a certain point, you just go, there's got to be more to me, you know? And then tragedy struck in my life. More than just that, I could tell you other tragedies. And then you go, okay, like God in his mercy, like ushered me to things that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken the label off. I wouldn't have said singer off, producer, musician, just to rip it off. But the moment that I realized that that awesome label was they were shackles. Mm. You know, once I really understood that, that there was more to me, then it was like, I have to let this thing that has defined me, I have to let it go Mm. so that I can see what else is here, you Mm -hmm. know? And then, you know, it's a very awkward transition. So I know that someone listening is in a very doubting place because they're trying and it's not working. And that happened for me too. Okay. So, you know, I just, I want everybody to know it's not supposed to be pretty. Mm. And it's why you have to have the confidence, that anchor of knowing who you are. Otherwise you will be tossed about, you know, you will be, it will be horrible. It Mm. will be hard, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, but I had an assurance and the assurance made me keep going. I see. Okay. So, uh, really, then it became a matter of um, finances. I was letting go of music, and I had coaching clients, but not enough to support my family because I was supporting my family through partly through music still, you know? Then I had to do that awful, oh, my God, yeah. I'm letting it go, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so... 2016 was that for me. Oh, really? Horrible, man. It was horrible of letting it go Hmm. so that I could take hold of something else, you know? Yes. And I knew I couldn't be both. I had been trying it and it was driving me insane, you know, but I didn't want to let go of my identity. I was like, can I still, can I do this and still hang on to this piece of me? Yes. You know, no is the answer. No. Why didn't you try to do that? Do you just know better? No, I did for years. Oh, okay. And and it was horrible Mm. because, you know, I'm coaching someone on Monday and then I'm singing a session in the afternoon. And then the next day I'm singing a session or I'm working on a song with somebody and then I've got to get in the mind of the headspace and the heart space to coach someone. Like the back and forth. And I was just tired. I was so exhausted. And it felt like I had to hide music from coaching. People are like, what? You're a musician? So I don't want you. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, you're not my coach. Yeah, and, then, okay. and then vice versa. Like if, if the music crowd knew mm-hmm. that I was coaching, then they'd be like, oh, he's retiring. He's getting out. So don't hire him. He's not available. Interesting. So I, had to, I was hiding and I felt so incongruent, you know, and then I had to let it go. I see. I mean, it was like a, it was a terrible little Ebenezer moment. Just Mm -hmm. like, you know, I I stack some stones and move on from here, you know, and I let it go and it was horrible and painful and awkward and perfect. Hmm. 
and it was right and it was good and it led to so many great things. And I was already loving the mind. Like I'd, I've loved the brain, you know, for many, many years. Okay. I've loved it. But then I started, you know, really getting into neuroscience. I see. And understanding what, not just psychology, but the brain, how it, how does it work, you know? Interesting. So is the heart, was the hardest part for you then letting go of the music? Was it the finances or the, or the identity? Both. Okay. Terrible. Okay. But, but the, the worst <clears throat> is the identity because my ego was tied to that. My ego, mm. all of my accomplishments, man, Grammy award winner, you know, mm-hmm. top session singer, you know, multi award winning producer, you know, everywhere I went, someone's like, oh, there, there he is, you know, he's the guy in charge. And everywhere I went, I was the man to Mm -hmm. some degree. Mm -hmm. And my ego was so tied to that Mm. falsely, by the way, falsely, but it was tied to that. And it was a beautiful, um, reckoning, you know, to lay it down and still be okay. You know, it was Mm. beautiful. Yeah. How long did it take until you were like, oh man, I'm so glad I did that. This is the coaching is going to work. It can be, it can provide for me and my family. And like, how long, how long was that? Yeah. It wasn't that long. Oh yeah. It was shorter than I thought it would be. Okay. And I, I, you know, it was longer than I wanted it to be and shorter than it could have been. Sure. You know, so I'm not even going to say because someone out there is going to be like, oh, it's only going to take so much time. Right. I'm just saying... Uh, if you, the formula is understand and own your gifting, own your divinity, that divine piece of you, that thing that God placed in you, own that with all the gratitude in the world and without ownership over it. It's not me. It's the gift that was given to me. So there's no ego there. Like I don't, I'm just blessed with these things, you know? Yes. So now from stewardship, you know, knowing that I've been given this incredible, these gifts, I'm going to run like hell. I'm going to run with everything I've got after the prize. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to run, I'm going to press on Mm -hmm. towards it. And when you know, and you're focused, you know, it's a short way. Yeah. It's a short way. Well, you've got that fire in your belly. And when you've got that fire in your belly, you just, I mean, you're going to press on in a way with, you know, more gusto and energy and face challenges in a way that you're just not going to be able to, if you just don't have that, that conviction. Truth. So the coaching is what you do now. Yeah. um, Full time. Yes. And are you, do you have to travel to meet these guys and gals? Do they come to you? Do you do it online? How, how do you, Yeah. what's the mode of communication? So I want to say like coaching is so ambiguous, you know, it can be so many things. I will say like, I, thanks man. Yep. Um, I work with lots of different people. People come to me with personal issues and people come with me to me with professional issues. I love growing businesses. I love growing people even more. So sometimes people are in crisis very often. And this is my favorite thing. Like I love working with people who on paper wouldn't necessarily need a coach. 
Those are my favorite people. They're not, they've already done some work and they're already, they're, they're, they're not walking around broken in life. And mm-hmm. I just want to say those people who are leaders and are out in front, who are coaches in so many ways, I think I'm, I'm the coach for that coach. I see. Yeah. I, I there, there's other help for people who are broken, you know, yeah. there's other help. I like to work with people that when, when I give to, oh, sorry guys. Um, when I give to these people, it's going to spill out and to give to, it's going to spill out into other people's lives. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite. That's my jam. So, mm-hmm. um, so there are a lot of people here in Nashville and I, I work, meet with those people locally. Mm. And then, um, probably six, 55% of my clients are elsewhere and we mm. meet on zoom. Okay. Yeah. So we weekly or monthly or, you know, um, just however it seems to, you know, everybody needs me more than they think they do more yeah. often than they think they do at first. Okay. And then, so I like to be super intense at first, mm-hmm. be very much in somebody's life, be very much available. I don't do like the coaching model, like the counseling model where you schedule an appointment and then I'll see you in two weeks when you come back. Oh, okay. That doesn't work. Oh, interesting. Anybody, don't spend your money that way, please. Because the moment that you leave, the moment that you leave the counselor's office or the coach's office, you're stuck back in your own head to implement whatever changes you guys said that you would do on your own. And you're in your own processes. And two weeks later, you're going to come back and you will have not made the progress. Mm. And so I think that counseling very often, it just... The reason we get stuck in counseling for six months or a year or longer is because the process <laughs> negates mm. the fact that, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're people, we're stuck in our right. own brain and we're, you know, th- someone interrupts the pattern, but then we keep going and we're on our, we're on our own Interesting. and it does not work. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that. I, when someone hires me, like I work with a smaller group of people more intense for shorter amounts of time. So I would rather work with somebody for three months and then never see them again, but mm. they made this huge shift. And during those three months, like we're very much in touch because they need me. Okay. You know, my, I guarantee you while I've been here, my phone has blown up. I probably have 15 texts from my clients just saying, Oh wow. Like what, what's going on, what they're dealing with. And we're that much in touch. Oh wow. Yeah, and I freaking love it. I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm a part of their daily progress. Interesting. And I love it. And every mm. any coach out there, you should change your model. That's how I to me, that's how it should be done. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. So that does not bother your personality. I mean you're kind of always on with these people that you're helping in the season and it's going to be an intense season, but you're available. And but you're still scheduling these you're still scheduling yeah. these we have two calls. meetings a month. We have two okay. meetings a month. Okay. And then we're in touch all the dang time. I see. Yeah. Okay. So the two the two meetings are like it's not hey tell me tell me how you are. I know how you are. I talked to you yesterday. You know, but now we're talking about what's the plan for the next 2 weeks. You know, and then we're implementing and you're struggling through that and you need my help and I'm helping you through it on a daily basis. Yeah. And those loops and those cycles are coming up and we're talking about those today. Mm-hmm. You know, how do and we're visualizing for today what the thing is, or you're going into that meeting and we're building, we're talking about this, the strategy of, of that contract today mm-hmm. so that you're not off doing your life for two weeks without me. And then, yeah. when, then we show up and it's like, dude, you did it all wrong. Like, you know, that yeah. was all so broken and 
let's try and let's start again. You yeah, know? I so see. So we don't do that. Okay, gotcha. Now, personally, as a believer, how do you kind of reconcile or what's your philosophy or even theology then on the fact that, you know, God is all powerful um, and he's in control and, but we're going to take some action, wrestle through some things and, and, and take responsibility ourselves. Hmm. You know what I mean? Does any, have you ever bumped into in your work here, bumped into, um, that idea. I mean, I guess yes. bumped into that where it's like, well, but maybe we just need to wait on God for a bit. Okay. Oh, I love that you're saying this, man. Wait on God. We've spent a lot of our lives waiting on God, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's just not, it's not biblical. Mm. Like, and I know somebody out there is immediately yelling and disagreeing. Stay with me. Okay. Um, the verse that we quote for waiting on the Lord, you know, uh, they, those who wait on the Lord, they will mount up with, they'll run, not faint, you know, they'll mount up with, on weeks with e- as equals, mm-hmm. you know, that verse, um, is, it's, uh, built on the fact that someone has run a race and they are zapped, like mm-hmm. they're tired, they are broken in some way. They've just come through a season where they've been squashed in some way. That's not all of us all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so if that's our situation, then waiting on the Lord may be totally right. Mm. Especially if we don't know who we're here to be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there will be a moment where God will speak speak to us in that regard, you know. But that's not most of us who are quoting that verse saying, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, it's not most of us most of the time, right? Most of us most of the time yeah. are saying, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting, just waiting on God. And I'm like God is not God is not trying to hide his purpose from us. Like that is so not God. You know? And and it's also not the Bible. It's it's what our brain is doing to avoid the work that's in front of us. So we say I'm waiting on God because we want clarity. And we want but like, did Jesus get ultimate clarity all the time? Did mm, Paul? Mm-hmm. No. Like, those those are not our biblical mentors. Yeah. You know, nobody came down. Like, even when Moses got the, you know, the burning bush, you know, there was a lot of conflict and a lot of, you know, a lot of questions still, a lot of vagueness still. And even the final directive was go. Yeah. You know, go and I'll teach you what to say. I'll show you where to go as you go, you know? So... Here's the deal, man. I love your question. My favorite and most convicting part of the Bible to me is the parable of the talents. We don't look at those red letters as carefully as we should. The, um, the ruler, the, the master comes and he gives to his three servants, you know, you get this, you get your one, you get you two, you get five, you know, and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. So then he leaves and he says, you're going to give an account for this at the end. You'll give an account. Now he's gone and he doesn't come back and check. They don't go, I'm waiting on the ruler. I'm waiting on the master to come back and tell me what to do with my one, with my two, with my five. He entrusted it to them. 
and then he left. He was gone. So anytime we get further direction, anytime God whispers more direction to us, based on the red letters, Jesus's own words, he is being gracious to us. He's giving us more than he actually told us we should or would get. You know, in the actual picture, in the actual parable, he leaves. And when he returns, they give an account. Mm -hmm. You know, so there is no question here. Waiting on the Lord, the Lord has given us our directive. You have your one. You have your two. You have your five. Grow it. Mm -hmm. Grow it. I'm entrusting this to you. And I love that it's talent. Yeah. I love it. Yes, it was money, but it was talent. Like, I love that it's like, I've given this to you. I'm entrusting this to you. Go and make of it everything you can. Mm -hmm. And when I return, you'll give an account for that. Mm. So if we're reading our Bibles, we should not be saying, I'm waiting on the Lord. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And that, that passage is so convicting and such the fire underneath my feet to say, go, 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 run, 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 run. That's mm-hmm. where my ambition comes from. You know, again, just saying, hey, I've got this. I don't have everything, mm-hmm. not everything. I just got these two. I'm just, I'm not, a, I'm not the guy with five. Yeah. I'm just the guy with two, but I'm going to do everything with my two that I can. Yeah. You know, yeah. with confidence. Yeah. And I don't need I don't need a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I have the word of the Lord over mm-hmm. my life, you know. So let's go build until He shows up and says you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think rather than waiting, we should be moving. You know, Exodus yep. four. He's like, go to Moses, go, mm-hmm. and and I'll show you as you're going. Yeah. So same thing. Yeah. Now, are you still okay with like a season where you decide not to decide where, you know, that's sort of the season we're in now. Cause I knew coming out of the bankruptcies, I wasn't going to be in a position to make a major life decision. Sure. And so we kind of decided not to decide for a season. Yeah. And then, but I'm, but I'm also a big fan of protecting the downside, which is like, you know, we kind of jumped headlong to this podcast, which I just love. I really love this. It's Dude, enjoyable. Too. It's like, Great. what could go wrong? You know? Um, and if we only do the podcast for a season or, or, or it's, not super popular maybe well it's like well um what the 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 downside is protected because um i don't need it to perform a certain way for my life to now work a certain way Mm -hmm. um and if you think about if um, even if say it fails in a sense i'm still going to win because of the things i'm going to learn from it the better communication like those types of things yeah man um so you're still okay with like a season where you decide not to decide for particular reasons i think right now you are one of those who have been knocked down so Mm -hmm. waiting on the lord right now yeah is okay yeah and i think it's providence that we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. like i think it's part of i think you're responsible in a new way at the end of this conversation, mm-hmm. you know, you're closer to moving than you were before because you do have new information. You do have some new clarity and it's going to be very directive, man. When you actually do the work, when you actually get clear in that regard, you're going to have a compass that you didn't have before mm-hmm. and it will be time to move Yeah, at that point. Yes. And it's yeah. okay that it's not yet. Yeah. And it's yeah. okay that it wasn't two days ago, but two days from now it might be different. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wanted to ask you about pursuit of wisdom. Got a couple minutes here. I know wisdom is important to you. The pursuit of wisdom is important to you. Mm-hmm. 
what is it about that that's important to you? How do you go about pursuing wisdom? Mm. Well, everything good that's happening for any of us is born of someone else's wisdom or our own, you know, and it's all a gift, you know. Um, If you think of Solomon or David or, you know, modern, modern gurus who are, you know, making the world what it is today, Mm -hmm. um, wisdom, you know, is, is a huge, huge, huge thing from financial, from parenting, you know, to, to sit at the feet of people who have already been there and already know more than we do. It's just a shortcut. And why would we not take that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yes, wisdom is, is very important. I will say that over time, um, what's been very important to me was to shut out all the voices. Mm. We're looking at his books right now, you know, to shut them out, you know, and, and bring it down to a few a few, like I used to think it was awesome because I'd read so many books. And I yes. knew so much. Like I was familiar with everybody. That's like broad. Yes. It's not good. Instead, everything got better when I said, I'm going to shut everybody off and I'm listening to these three people mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. And then another three people later. And instead, like I just sit in that wisdom. That's where I grew like where I grew exponentially, you know, especially with this neuroscience stuff, you know, I couldn't, there was so much stuff, you know, yes. so broad, you know, and you can, where do you go, you know? And then if I also listen to a podcast on blah, 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 I also this and this, and yes. I also, so you get to the end of the day and you're like, what the heck, you yes. know? So every day I start my day off talking to my wife and my kids, you know, while I'm still in bed and then they leave and I take five or 10 minutes and I picture my day as best as I can. Imperfect, but I try, you know, I try to play through my day. So this morning I thought about this interaction. I thought about if everything went right, what am I bringing? Mm. I set my intention. I came in here and told you, you know, the thing I want people to know mm-hmm. is this, you know? And so I set my intention. And I had that intention when I came in here because I'd already been there in my mind. Yes. So I'm not surprised that this is going well, and I'm yeah. not surprised that we're we're giving a gift here because yeah. it was my intention yes. to show up and be this, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do that. Then I turn to teachers, and I have three or four right now that I'm only listening to three or four people, even though there's all kinds of other stuff I want to listen to. In the morning... I listen to three or four people that are about what I'm learning right now, mm. you know? Podcast or Podcast however? or I'm in a few classes. Okay. I listen to a few books, you know? Yep. There are a few things, but I try. I used to be broad and I was confused. I was walking around confused because there was so much information. Yes. So now it's like I've focused it in tight and maybe for a week, I'm only going to study, you know, creative brain and, and critical brain. Like maybe I'm only going to study that for a solid week. Well, you do that for a week, every day, 30 minutes a day or, and quiet the other voices, listen in the car, listen to a book on tape or listen to podcasts or whatever. I just said book on tape like that exists. That's funny. (laughs) 
So, but you do that for a time yeah. and you'll get to the end of the week and you'll be better. Yes. And you'll own something versus having been exposed to a bunch of things, you know? Yes. So I love that, man. Yeah, I love that too. That's one of the things I thought about when I turned 30. I'm 35 now, but um, just kind of going into the 30s, I I did have the conscious thought that I really, I'm going to narrow down the people that I'm learning from, the types of books I'm reading. I'm not proud of it, but you know, all the, a lot of these books here, these books are read in my 20s and you can kind of, and then on this side, which you can't see. That's more the spiritual and theology books, and there's mm-hmm. two two things that I'm very very much not proud of. Is basically I read this entire bookshelf first, and then only the last few years switched mm-hmm. over and read yeah. these. Yeah. And this bookshelf over here is not as full as that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely resonate with like narrowing it down. And the other thing that that helped too was. Um, is definitely not original with me. I can't remember who said it, but just the idea of like, with there's so much information out there and trying to move to more like just in time as opposed to just because. And so learning just mm. for the sake of learning all the time, that can get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think that can burn people out too as well if they're just learning and learning and learning, but you're not really doing anything with it. Then Agreed. it just sort of like can just fester almost. Yes. And so figuring out what you want to learn about and then reading those books or that can Agreed. be a lot more effective. I agree. And I, so you saying that reminds me of a friend of mine who is way better at this than either one of us. He's, he's just so brilliant. This guy, so smart. And he taught me, I should implement this more, but, uh, but I watch him do it. Whatever he consumes, at the end of it, he writes down three action points mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for him? And the act of, I did it there for a second, you know, and the act of writing down your takeaway and how you're going to implement this, yeah, like it makes it real. Yeah. You know, so it's it's equivalent of taking notes. But yes. but when you when you consume a, a TED talk mm-hmm. or a podcast, like maybe we'll even challenge the people, um, you know, listening to this. When you're done, what does this mean for you? You just invested all this time with us. You know, what does it mean for you specifically? And take a minute and write down three takeaways, three action points. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to implement this wisdom into my life this way. Otherwise, you walk away from it and you get some other stimuli and the next stimuli and the next stimuli and you can't even remember this conversation. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, I got to let you go, but uh, anything you'd want to share with the listeners in closing or to recap anything or reiterate Mm -hmm. or anything you want to leave with them? Yeah. Thank you. Um, Two things. One, uh, you, friend, I'm going to look at you. Mm -hmm. You were created for something unique and specific and extraordinary, and it's not going to happen automatically. Even though it's yours, it's got your name on it. It's not going to happen automatically. You have to know who you're here to be. You have to figure that out. You're only going to do what you are. You'll always hit a ceiling. You know, whatever this is, this, you'll hit the ceiling. So you have to remove the ceiling. You know, you have to do some thought work. You have to figure that out. I am, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. I'm, I don't know anybody who's better at this than me. You know, this is my mission. This is my purpose is to help people with that so that they can go be the fullness of who they're called to be. I legitimately haven't come across anybody else who cares as much about it as I do. They're better coaches. They're better, you know, business people. They're better, whatever. Nobody's better at this than I know, uh, that I know of. So um, 
if you if this has resonated with you, I hope you'll reach out to me. I have, you know, you can, we can work together one-on-one or I have classes. I love Life Relaunch. I, again, it's the most inexpensive, the greatest investment that I think you could make in this regard in yourself. It's cheap. And uh, we'll do another one in the late summer, six week class with me and dealing with this. Who am I here to be? What do I want to do? Why haven't I done it already? What's possible from here? Who do I need to ask for help? You know, what if I don't? What if I don't do these things? What happens to the world if I don't? Um, Only you in the history of the world, in the future of the world, you're the only person who can do what you're here to do. So parable of the talents, you got to figure out what that is and you got to go do it. And I would love to help you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, bro. And just to make sure they know where to go. So if they Google Life Relaunch, or is there a website? I think come to my name. So chancescoggins.com. Okay. So C-H-A-N-C-E-S-C-O-G-G-I-N-S, chancescoggins.com. You'll find it there. You can contact me there. Um, and there's a wait list right now if you go to... Um, Actually, that's going to be too complicated of a thing. So anyway, just go there, contact me there, and or find me on social media. Okay. I'm on Facebook like big time. Okay, and cool. I love Facebook. And Are you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram, but like who wants to see a picture of me right. or my food or whatever? I'm just right. like, I don't, I, I don't take pictures For your all the type time. of thing, I could see Facebook working better. Yeah, and I like, oh. I'm, I'm playing with LinkedIn. Like I'm... Okay, you interesting. Know, I'm yeah. new over there. I'm yeah. just now starting to get into it, but, okay. but I'm thinking like those are people that are trying to we're trying to we're trying to move forward yeah absolutely we're not facebook we're burning time you know linkedin we're on there because we want to get better yes you know yeah totally right um yeah okay so they can get everything they need to if they just go to chancescoggins.com that's with two two g's right two g's um so yeah they can do that uh well man thank you so much Bro. I appreciate your time thanks for coming up here this, this was, was this good was, man. I did not expect to be leaving this conversation feeling so much better about the day than it began <sighs> really this was not this is not an expectation of mine Dude, well, I'm, I'm really <laughs> so, glad. I appreciate you taking the leap and inviting me like yeah. thanks for reaching out and uh I didn't expect one that we talked so long yeah. <laughs> and two that it would be so compelling like I yeah. really appreciated the exchange I, yeah. I really I thought it was great I hope people watch and I hope that uh I hope everybody made it to the end because hopefully there was good stuff all Absolutely the way through it was yeah, yes yeah. well thank you again so much thanks, appreciate brother. it, it was an appreciate honor. it thanks